Baseball isn't just numbers, numbers, numbers. This game is not being played on computers. You don't do that with a bunch of statistical gimmicks. You don't put a team together with a computer. We're talking weighted runs created plus. Expected Woba. Sweet spot rate. Defensive runs above average. Average exit velocity. Barrel rate. XFIP. BABIP. SIERA. We are above replacement radio. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, we're talking baseball, kind of whenever I'm your host, Chris Gianta, over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing very well today. Uh, we're now a couple weeks into the offseason, it's mid-November, GM meetings are passed, uh, free agency, you know, we haven't really gotten too much yet, but that's, I guess, kind of expected at this point, but uh, broadcaster free agency happened this last week, Jason Benetti going to the Tigers, that happened, but uh we got some interesting uh, quotes from Brian Cashman that could end up being kind of a large part of uh, this offseason and beyond for the Yankees. Yes. Uh, yeah, it, it definitely like you you see the quotes that he had and you're like, OK, that's kind of weird. But then like you find out there's some certain things that might have some bigger implications. So it's yeah, it's definitely fun to get into. Yeah. So I'll just I'll we'll just get right into it. So a couple of days ago, Brian Cashman uh, spoke to the media about um, Giancarlo Stanton, who we've talked about, you know, his potential future with the Yankees on this show before. But, you know, he's he's beginning to hit his, uh, you know, old man years. He's played he played 101 games last year, you know, missed some due to injury. And he's kind of missed a couple of games due to injury, at least in every season with the Yankees throughout his tenure, unfortunately. And Brian Cashman said, like, yeah, well, our plan for him is he's not going to play every day because he just doesn't because he's going to get hurt because that's just what he always does. I think he said, like, that's a part of his game. Yeah. Uh, basically openly saying, like, yep, this player's going to get hurt because he always does. Like, stuff that fans say. Like, you hear fans. It's how people talk about, like, Byron Buxton, how people talk about, uh, I don't know, other, who else? Mike Trout, to, to a degree nowadays. Yeah, Degrom like, yep. before the surgery. Jacob Degrom before the surgery. Yeah, like, but that's a GM talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it's funny, and and you know that narrative has been present with John Carlos Stanton since about 2019, um, and maybe even before that uh, with the Marlins a little bit. But uh, but yeah, it's it's very funny, and it reminds you that like, okay, yeah. Uh, general manager much of the job is you know the baseball operations getting the right players uh you know signing the right people and having a good relationship with ownership but it's also to be like you know a public relations sort of diplomat and you need to you need to represent represent your team well and represent your players well and when something like this happens it reminds you like whoa you need you you really need to nail that part of the job. Otherwise, things are going to look really bad for your organization. Especially as the GM of the New York Yankees. As a, you know, in this stage where the organization is kind of at a low point. Where, you know, they haven't been to the World Series in 14 years. Um, or however long it's been at this point. Uh, and, you know, there's a lot, been a lot of uh, criticism of Brian Cashman in the media and among the fan base. And this is certainly not helping his cause. It's also not the first time that Brian Cashman has made an enemy out of a prominent player in the organization. You know, there's the very famous beef he had with Derek Jeter in like the early 2010s. I don't know if you know about this, Chris, but uh, Cashman openly was like, yeah, I want Troy Jalowitzki over you. And Jeter always held it over him. Huh. Wow. Yeah. 
I, I don't, yeah, I don't think I was paying enough attention back then, but yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um, eventually that happened, but eventually, uh, yeah, <laughs> but, uh, way late into Troy Tulowitzki's career. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's pretty wild. And then there's the element, um, that I think a lot of people found out about is, um, well, John Carlos Stanton's agent came out against, uh, came out against Brian Cashman, like, you know, stating his displeasures, which obviously there, there can be many to, uh, can be many to state there. But the fact also that John Carlos Stanton's agent is also Yoshinobu Yamamoto's uh, agent, who's, you know, arguably, he's probably the second most sought after player on the free agent market this year coming out, coming over from Japan with what he's been doing. So yeah, it, it definitely adds a whole nother element. Yeah, and he's probably the top target for the Yankees. You know, I don't know if Shohei Otani is something that they're looking at right now because they seem to have their eyes set on some other big names in the free agent market. But, uh, yeah, it's very puzzling to see why he would say these things. So uh, Joe Wolf, I believe his name is the agent uh, that John Carlos Stanton has, came out and said, you know, like for any free agents considering the New York Yankees, like just remember that you gotta, you got to – Maybe made of Teflon is what he said, both you know at all times because you can't let your guard down even the off season. Um, and obviously, you know, I'm sure that's a message that will be con- like conveyed very directly to Yoshinobu Yamamoto, uh, who will be you know getting big offers from a lot of teams. You know, the Yankees might be the highest bidder uh, it, at the end of the day, but you know, it, it might not be a big enough gap to uh, outweigh the consideration of. If I'm not perfect every single day, it's gonna, you know, everyone's gonna turn against me, even my own organization. Yeah, yeah, it can definitely add a, add an element, especially for a guy that's gonna be signing what will likely be anywhere from seven to nine years, uh, a, a seven to nine year deal where, yeah, you're you're locked up there. Probably not any opt outs in that deal either. Um, if I if I had to guess, and you know you're 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 locked up there you're you're in a place for uh over half a decade uh guaranteed so unless they trade you which is very unlikely so so yeah you you kind of have to you kind of have to fall in love with the organization a little bit too and i understand that you know from an on-field perspective john carlos Stanton has kind of become a burden for the yankees over the last two seasons uh, between 2022 and 23, he's hit 202 with a flat 100 OPS plus. He's been a league average hitter with poor defense and, you know, not much availability uh, in the outfield. Um, you know, there was the whole saga of the, he had to play the outfield because other people needed a DH uh, and he was, you know, or he couldn't play the outfield or whatever it was. But, you know, I get that some of the things with him have become very frustrating uh, but you know, I still feel like you're not really that obliged to come out now, right? Say it like that as a GM, you know, because you still have him under contract for four more years. Um, and you know, I mean, even if he's not the bad he used to be, he's still putting up 20 home runs a year. He's still, you know, hitting the ball as hard as he, he always did. Like there is still something there, but, uh, yeah, you, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like coming out against your player like that, especially, you know, during the off season when, uh, he's not really available to speak for himself. Yeah, absolutely. You know, he's not he's not in the clubhouse getting interviewed. You know, every day. Where, yeah, uh, yeah. If I, if I were a Yankees fan, you know, I'd be I'd be fairly upset by this. Uh, because yeah, there's 
you know, there nothing really gets done expressing that to the media, you know, that it's not going to make John Carlos Stanton any healthier necessarily. Uh, it's, I don't think it's going to light a fire under him. He's not at the stage of his career where I don't think that they, that problem is, is going to be readily solved. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's pretty, it's probably going to be pretty counterproductive. Um, as far as how it affects Yamamoto's uh, free agency, you know, I think maybe it's a, maybe it'll be a small factor, but ultimately if the Yankees come with a good offer, there's still, you know, a pretty, there's still, even with these comments and stuff, they're pretty, they're still a pretty uh, attractive organization. They, you know, have however many consecutive winning seasons that, you know, they never tank there, there is that. So there's, it's definitely an attractive option for Yamamoto, but this just does slightly uh, take away the attractiveness of it. Yeah, and I mean, I know that I'm comparing him to just another guy from the same area, but, you know, Shohei Otani opted not to go to the Yankees because, like, largely because of the media aspect in New York. Like, he, you know, it was, you know, I remember back in the offseason between 2017 and 18, it was widely expected that the Yankees were going to be the biggest bidder for Otani, and, like, he outright was like, I'm not signing with them, like, well before he even signed with the Angels. It's not like a thing where it came down to the Angels and Yankees. He just pretty much crossed off the Yankees pretty quickly. Um, so, you know, it, I feel like it's possible that, you know, like it is a known thing among Japanese players that, yeah, if you play in New York as a, as a big name free agent coming over, it's not, it's going to be tough. Um, and you know, it's, yeah, I mean, if the Dodgers and the Yankees and the Mets and the Red Sox all come with similar offers and it comes down to a tiebreaker between those two those comments are probably going to end up hurting the Yankees in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's very, very possible. Um, it's very possible with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, anything more regarding, um, regarding the situation? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure, you know, those quotes from the agent are pretty much just from the mouth of John Carlo, but he didn't want to understandably didn't want to come out and be the one to say it. You know, he's still in that clubhouse for, you know, under contract another four years, you know, I feel like it's, you know, it's going to be tough to trade him if the Yankees are interested in doing that at all. But uh, I don't know. I, I find it very weird that Cashman made these comments. I understand where he's coming from with the whole thing of Stan's going to get injured, but you don't need to come out right and say it, especially this early in the off season. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's a, John Carlos Stanton, no matter what he's done the past couple of years, a well, a very well-respected player in baseball and mm-hmm. probably pretty well-respected in the clubhouse. He's been there, you know, one of the longest tenured Yankees as well. You know, he's been there for now six seasons um, and, you know, made his impact in in whatever way he has, maybe underperformed, absolutely, um, but, you know, has has had a big impact in the playoffs. So, yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting to go after someone or comment like that about someone who probably has a decent amount of respect in the, uh, in the Yankees clubhouse. Um, yeah. I, I mean, as far as longer tenured Yankees, it's judge. And um, I mean, I Severino's on the speed market right now. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Severino's not technically in the organization right now. I think it might just be judge. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause Glaber came up midway through 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, very yeah, very interesting situation there. Um, yeah, anything more before we get into free agent predictions? 
no, I think uh, I think we're ready. Yeah, and and this is our this is our uh, fifth or, yeah fifth off season that we're covering here, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, yeah, fifth fifth off season that we're covering. First time we're doing like specific team MLB free agent predictions, which is yeah unusual. I feel like a lot of a lot of shows do their own certain predictions. We're we're diving a bit deep here. I think you listed. 52 MLB. Yeah, I, I went I went with a lot of guys. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it gives us more opportunities to be right, which we need uh yeah. with with how our predictions have gone this year. But um but along with that, uh yeah, we we aren't gonna go full detail on all 52, obviously. We'll we'll kind of rapid fire on some of them, but some of them do need to be discussed a little bit more. Um, you know, free agency is a, is a big deal for a lot of teams this year. A lot of teams I think are really trying to make that next step up, um, and are maybe two guys away from being a postseason contender, most notably like Red Sox, Giants, even maybe the Cubs also. Uh, mm-hmm. so yeah, should be, should be an exciting thing, but yeah, we will talk about, um, who we think is going where, um, and for whatever whatever reasons we have, uh, I'm excited to hear some of your reasoning on on your uh, on your free agent predictions. Yeah. All right, so um, I guess we st- we'll start at the top of the list, and I think this is one of the more consensus. Just people think this guy's going to this place. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean Shohei Otani. I I have Dodgers. Yeah, I have Dodgers as well. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just it just has felt like for so long that they've been waiting for it. And I mean, it's, you know, it, they're certainly going to have competition, like for as much of a consensus as it felt like for a while. I don't think it's a guarantee that it happens, but I definitely think as of right now, it's the most likely scenario. The Dodgers, uh, you know, a, I mean, they're not, obviously not going to have Shohei on the mound next year, but, you know, for the long term, they definitely need some pitchers to, to slide into that rotation for years to come. Um especially next year and obviously next year it won't be in effect but uh you know they have the money to do it and i don't see why they wouldn't i don't know i feel like i feel like it's kind of inferred by now why what my reasoning would be yeah for sure for sure um with yeah with the dodgers uh, part of this also why this is an easy prediction for me part of it is um i think maybe last year around this time we were talking about like the potential of a Dodgers Mets bidding more for Shohei Otani. But um, some of what Max Scherzer said about the direction of the Mets and what the Mets told him when they were about to trade him last year. uh, I think that it tells me that the Mets organization is not looking to make that type of signing right now with, with Shohei Otani, you know, I'm sure maybe they will be involved in the bidding war but i don't know if they're gonna come out on top and i don't know if they have the you know best reasoning to get him right now um you know wouldn't be shocked if they got him but i just don't know if how how much in the conversation they will be and then also with shohei otani like we're talking about all these free agents and some some teams you know are can afford you know a, a lot of teams can afford afford to go out and get free agents and make their team better. But there are very, very few teams that can get a Shohei Otani type player. There's, there's maybe like five teams you can list off like, uh, you know, Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, Mets, uh, and maybe even 
maybe even the Cubs, Giants, yeah. Giants, Giants. So maybe six teams, but uh, but yeah, I think it lowers the competition for him. He he will be paid handsomely, but but yeah, I think uh, I think he'll go to the Dodgers. And also part of it is this is not going to be a hard sell for Shohei Otani. Uh, you know, I know that they've had postseason struggles, but they've won, they won a hundred games last year. Um, it's not necessarily because of how their roster was constructed, maybe partially because of their starting pitching, but they can improve on that. And the Dodgers are have been a, a winning machine for a while. And also it's just across town for Shohei Otani. I think he enjoyed the West Coast. I know when he came over uh, in 2018, he was kind of, he kind of had his interests on the West coast, particularly for whatever reason. So I think it would be, I think he'd enjoy staying there. And, uh, and yeah, I think, I think that's just how it's going to go. And I think that's a lot of the reason why most people think he's going to go to the Dodgers. Um, yeah. I so... also think that the Dodgers are, are going to be in a very reactionary mode given how their season just ended, you know, like another, another really bad postseason failure for them. Maybe the worst one that they've had, in this window from 2013 on uh, i really wonder if they get very reactionary in the front office yeah and and we kind of were talking about it prior to the 2023 season how their their off season heading into 2023 was a little like it was a little fishy you just didn't get what they were doing they didn't spend a lot they lost a lot they lost trey turner justin uh justin turner and tyler anderson um, some I know I know Anderson letting Anderson go was probably a smart move, but nonetheless they lost some valuable talent from that 2022 team and didn't really supplement them that much. Uh, and we thought like, hey, maybe they're trying to save money for a bigger signing later on. You know, most notably Shohei Otani. So um, it it would make sense, and I mean it would boost their team even further to to what it is, and he'll he'll probably be valuable for a pretty long time. Um. All right. Anything more before we get into the next free agent? No. Let's talk about Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Yeah, Yoshinobu Yamamoto. Where Where do you think he will be going? I have him signing with the Boston Red Sox. Um, I think with Craig Breslow coming in, I think there's going to be a lot, uh, and also just the team being very mediocre for much of the last four years. I think there's going to be a really big initiative to. He'll look really good coming into opening day next year. Uh, and I think the number one way for, for Craig Breslow to do that and the Red Sox organization to do that uh, and kind of, you know, deflate this narrative that they've given to themselves in the last four years very quickly would be to sign Yamamoto. Um, you know, I feel like that's going to be, you know, that's the big move. It seems like the one that they're most interested in. And I feel like that's the one that they're going to go out and do. Right, right. Um yeah, it, it would make a lot of sense. And I'm I'm trying not to, you know, predict with, with my own optimism, but I also have him going to the Red Sox. Yeah. And I think our reasoning goes beyond the fact that we want him in Boston, but it also goes to the point of, you know, uh thinking about thinking about remember let's remember the last time the Red Sox were had come off three back-to-back last place seasons yeah back-to-back last place seasons had finished in last place three of the previous four seasons and we're going into new general management new front office power 
Uh, that was heading into the 2016 season. They went, went and got the biggest free agent pitcher on the market because that was their biggest weakness. Their biggest weakness was starting pitching. So they went out and got the biggest starting pitcher on the free agent market in David Price. And this year, I think there is a giant parallel with that. And they are going to do that with Yoshinobu Yamamoto. And, and yeah, I think uh, Craig Breslow is in on it. But I think more importantly, John Henry and, and the Fenway Sports Group is definitely in on it they want to show you know they want through breslow to show that they are you know in a they're 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 in a in a different organizational run they're they're in a different organizational mindset and you know going to get the big guys make the big moves let's you know not be tentative so they're they're probably going to sign him to a very big deal here um in in my uh in my opinion in my prediction and uh, and, and I think there's a lot of reason why, you know, Craig Breslow would like him. The Red Sox need innings. He averaged over seven innings per start in Japan. And I know Japan's different, you know, they, they expect their starters to go a little longer. And also there's, I think at bats are just generally a little bit shorter. There's like less walks, less strikeouts over there. However, he does seem to have some longevity there. So yeah, I think, um, I think the Red Sox would like him. I think the change in, you know, organizational mindset will, will help out with that. And yeah, that's why I think he will be going to the Red Sox and as well as you, um, anything more before we move on to Blake Snell? No, go ahead. Who do you got Blake Snell going to? Yeah, this is a weird one to predict. Um, it is, this is definitely, I think this is definitely where we start going in very different paths. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like a reunion with the Padres is very unlikely. Um, and and yeah, I actually something we we hadn't got into. Um, and I I don't know if we'll if we want to get into it now, but you know, unfortunate that R.I.P. Uh, Peter Seidler. Yeah, rest in peace, Peter Seidler. Um, one of the better owners out there in uh <clears throat> in baseball, unfortunately passed away recently. But um, you know, one of the you know in a in a non sympathetic sense, part of part of that death also is the fact like what goes into that is like, you don't know what the Padres organization is going to be doing this off season because, Mm -hmm. you know, they don't know necessarily where the money is coming from. So it's, it kind of puts them in a weird organizational spot, but obviously goes farther beyond that, you know, hoping, you know, good wishes to his family and, and everything, but regarding Blake Snell. Yeah. I, I don't think a reunion with the Padres is going to happen. I, I wonder what teams are going to be looking at with him. Uh, I wonder how his low innings per start is going to be valued on the free agent market. I wonder how his potential good luck on batted balls last year is going to be valued. But, you know, his run prevention prevention was up there. At one of, it, it's probably going to win him a Cy Young tonight, um, you know, as, as that award is coming out tonight. But, uh, but yeah, I have him going to the Phillies. Um, I, I think... Aaron Nola will not resign with the Phillies. He'll go somewhere else. And I think Blake Snell will go to the Phillies. Um, and it doesn't necessarily have to do with any organizational philosophy. Like it's just that they sign big guys. Um, I don't know. I think Dave Dombrowski is going to like the move more than Sam fold. Who's the, you know, um, VP or, or no, just, just GM. He's just yeah. the GM under the president of baseball ops. But I just think Blake Snell is going to go to the Phillies. Cause it seems like a deal that the Phillies would make. I also have him going to the Phillies. Yeah, we are not going in different paths at this point. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I think there's going to be a greater variety of teams interested in Aaron Nola compared to Blake Snell. 
the Phillies are also, I think, a team that's going to be very reactionary, uh, given how their season ended last year. Um, you know, I think Dave Dombrowski really wants one with his group. And, uh, you know, I feel like there's kind of like a there, there, there's some sort of feel that they got to do something big. And, you know, I think Blake Snell is going to end up being what that is because, yeah, I do see Aaron Nola uh, going somewhere else. I think if they were going to re-sign Nola, they would have just signed him to an extension beforehand. It really didn't sound like they were, you know, too in-depth of talks uh, about extending Aaron Nola beforehand. Uh, and yeah, I think I think uh, they're going to end up replacing with Blake Snell. And then ideally uh, signing Zach Wheeler to an extension uh, in spring training as well, because uh, I see no reason to not try to bring him back in 2025 and beyond. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. <clears throat> and yeah, just like it's easier to sell the fan base on a guy coming off a year with a two, three, eight ERA, as opposed to a four, four, six ERA, even though the, you know, underlying numbers and, and, you know, in start longevity, uh, you know, that, that does play a factor and, you know, it's a predictor of, of future success, which is why we look at, you know, those numbers, the underlying numbers uh, specifically. Um, but yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think that'll, I, I definitely see that being a Phillies move. Um, all right. So now on to, the T the, the the pitcher that we do not think will be returning to the Phillies, Aaron Nola. Uh, where do you have him going? I have Aaron Nola uh, going to the San Francisco Giants. I know that like the uh, you definitely have that too, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I I think that I mean as of right now, it seems like the Cardinals are going to be a favorite. You know, it sounds like a lot of uh, their focus is going to be towards that. But I think the Giants are just very hungry to do something big. This offseason, you know, they signed Carlos Correa in, in you know, last offseason, it fell through. They almost signed Aaron Judge, it fell through. And they were pretty close to making the postseason. They also just brought in Bob Melvin, who's, you know, a, definitely a win-now type of manager. Um, and I think I think the guy that they go out and get is Aaron Nola. You know, there's definitely a hole in that rotation after Logan Webb. It's Descalfani, it's Ross Stripling, Alex Wood. You know, I think there's there's definitely uh, better names out there, and I think Aaron Nola is going to be uh, the guy that they look at. Right, and part of part of why I think Nola will be going to the Giants is how that organization is run, specifically with Farhan Zaidi at at the helm. Um, I I'm not I can't think of too many specific signings, but there are there are some pitchers that have been signed where it's like you they sign them and it's like, Hmm, I don't know about, I don't know about that signing. I don't know about that. I don't know about that money. Like, I don't know if they, if, if they can, or if they're going to be able to fix him. And I think like Kevin Gosman is an example of that. Like he was kind of running around, you know, going team to team and they were able to make something out of him. Alex Cobb was a, was a guy who had like good underlying numbers with the angels, but you know, not great run prevention numbers. And they, they took him and, and he's been pretty good with the Giants, especially for the small deal that he got. Um, so I think the Giants look at, you know, the underlying numbers and, and things like that. And Aaron Nola has those good peripherals and, and everything. And I think they're going to also like his, you know, durability, uh, the amount of innings he gets every year. And uh, also he's, you know, on the younger side for a free agent starting pitcher. So uh, someone that they can rely upon potentially for, for five or six years. Um, so yeah, I think part of it for me is is like that I feel like that's a Farhan Zaidi move to yes. go with 
Nola over someone who maybe had a lower ERA, um, but not as good uh, peripheral numbers. Um, so, so yeah, anything more before we move on to Cody no, Bellinger? I'm still waiting on one disagreement, and I don't feel like we're getting it here. Okay, uh, where do you have Cody Bellinger going? I have him going to the Bronx. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You want you want to get into it first? Um, I this part of part of it for me is like the meme sake of it because mm-hmm. I think we're one week removed from Brian Cashman on his on his hands and knees begging the media not to not to call them an analytically run team, uh, and and stay away from from refer from them using any you know any any like anything more than batting average and RBI to, to go into their decisions. Um, and Cody Bellinger, um, if you're, if you're unaware, he had a bounce back season. However, he was one of the more lucky hitters in baseball and that success doesn't seem sustainable. For example, um, you know, he hit 309 on ground balls. Uh, he hit 309 on non hard hit ground balls, which is 121 points above league average. Like he had, very good luck on finding the holes and he was above like league average by 2023 standards, non-shift standards. It wasn't because part of it had to do with the shift is, is his improvement on, on uh, luck with ground balls. But a lot of it is luck factors. Um, he didn't, you know, his, his average exit velocity uh, dropped by a good bit. Um, even though, you know, his strikeout rate dropped by a good bit, which is good. But, you know, when you looked at, his expected stats, he was closer to an average hitter than an elite hitter, uh, to, to put it, to put it frankly. So if the Yankees are not run on analytics, I think they will like him more than a lot of teams. Um, particularly any, any more thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, I, that's pretty much it. I mean, I think, you know, outside of all the expected metrics and the meme, you know, I think the Yankees definitely need offense more than they need pitching. You know, I mean, Right, you know, it it wouldn't hurt to sign another starting pitcher, but if you go into next year with, you know, Cole, Rodon, uh, Clark Schmidt, Nestor, uh, and then Michael King in, in your rotation, it's definitely not the worst case scenario. But I mean, their offense is a large part of the reason why, um, you know, they struggled in 2022. And I think Cody Bellinger is the best bat on the market this offseason outside of Shohei Otani. Um, I think, you know, as a left-handed power hitter. You know, he's going to fit nicely with the short porch. I, th- I think, you know, maybe he won't outperform his expectations uh, to the degree that he did this year, but I could still see him remaining as a guy that, you know, has a high batting average despite a lower expected batting average and a high slugging despite a lower expected slugging, um, you know, in Yankee Stadium. I think the fit could be there. Uh, maybe it doesn't mean he has quite the year that he had this year with the Cubs, but I still think. You know, he could be closer to that than you know the guy that he was between 2020 to 22. Uh, yeah, you bring up a good point that I forgot to mention. Also, is is yeah, they need that that offensive. They need some offensive holes to be filled, especially in the outfield. This is a team who had Aaron Judge last year, albeit not a full season, but still 458 plate appearances, who uh, got on base at a 406 clip and had a 1019 OPS. Yet. The Yankees, Yankees outfielders still had the lowest on base percentage in baseball yep. and the fifth lowest OPS. Uh, so, and that's with Aaron Judge. That's with Aaron Judge, who you know continued to dominate last year in his 458 plate appearances and 100 and 106 games. So, yeah, they they need uh they need Bellinger 
they they need an outfield bat uh, a lot. So now we move on to a, a a player whose free agency we were not really anticipating before the year started, but uh, really emerged, especially you know in the later end of the year and in, in the postseason, emerged as one of the top free agents out there, and that's Jordan Montgomery, who helped lead the Rangers to a World Series. You know, had a one two nine World Series ERA along with, I think, I think he in the regular season had like a ERA below three with the Rangers. Um, yeah. Had a, had a really successful run there. Where do you think he will be going in free yeah, agency? Jordan Montgomery certainly pitched his way into a lot of money in October. And uh, you know, obviously there's a, there's a bridge burned with the Yankees with, you know, in 2022, Brian Cashman trading him and saying he wasn't going to make the, the playoff roster, but I don't think the bridges in New York are burned entirely. I have him going to the New York Mets. All right. Yeah. Yeah. The Mets. Um, yeah, it, it would make sense. You know, they they just traded two uh really, you know, high profile uh pitchers um this this past trade deadline, and they definitely do need their their share of starting pitchers. Um, this is the first time finally. All right. Finally. So um I have him uh I have him staying staying in Texas. I think they like him over there. I I Maybe I'm I'm you know not using the uh, correct logic here, but it's just it just feels like when Nathan Eovaldi signed with the Red Sox after 2018, um, it just has that sort of uh, energy to it. I don't know, um, something I I can't not not tangible, but I can I can just no I, I, I definitely I see it like that was I consider the Rangers for that reason, but uh, the Mets are a team that's looking to compete next year, but I think they definitely need. Uh, some bolstering the rotation. You know, Kodai Senga is probably going to be at the top of that rotation right now, which is great. Uh, but after that, you know, it's Quintana who was hurt last year. It's Tyler McGill that's been on and off the injured list. Joey Lucchesi, Jose Budo, uh, in the in the you know David Peterson's on the IL, but I don't know how he's coming. Uh, and they don't really have anyone in the minors either that you can expect to be on in that rotation next year. Uh, so I think if there's an upgrade that the Mets need, it it would be exactly right there. Um, and I think Jordan Montgomery is the name that makes the most sense, especially since I don't have them getting Yamamoto in, in my predictions, but I think Montgomery is the next best guy. Yeah. 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 It would make sense. And, realistic. and, uh, and along with to, to add on to my reasoning with the Rangers is, you know, they don't have, they, they, they have a lot of, they, they have some starting pitching and, and that's not necessarily one of their weaknesses at all. But I don't know if they have a lot of like long-term starting pitching options. Nathan Eovaldi is uh, a free agent after 2024. I think the same thing with Andrew Heaney um, as well. And, you know, Jacob deGrom is is on the shelf right now. And Max Scherzer is also a free agent after 2024. So they need to, they need to still bolster their rotation for beyond this year. And, uh, you know, with, you know, they don't really have Jack Leiter and, Kumar Rocker down in the minors have not been up to par necessarily. So they need, they do need to have a, a longer term option, which is why I think the the Rangers will be, if they don't get him, I still think they will be an aggressive suitor for him. Um, so, so yeah, uh, now we move on to another starting pitcher. It's good, good market for starting pitchers, not necessarily position players, Sonny Gray. Um, where do you have him going? I have Sonny Gray uh, as a Chicago Cub. Mm. What about you? I have him going to the Cardinals. Okay, so we're both we're thinking NL Central. 
I mean, I think Sonny Gray fits the mold for both the Cubs and the Cardinals in terms of like what they kind of look for out of starters. You know, not necessarily guys that blow you away, but you know, guys that are are good at kind of the little things. And Sonny Gray obviously uh, th- thrived last year on keeping the ball in the yard. He had, uh, I think, the lowest home runs per nine in the league. Uh, the Cubs are a team that I think are going to be aggressive this offseason. They already got Craig Council, which is, you know, a pretty clear aggressive move. It sounds like they're in on Otani. They're in on Yamamoto. Uh, I don't know if they're going to land either of them, but I think Sonny Gray is, you know, a good big name to throw into that rotation, you know, to join Justin Steele. Uh, and honestly, Steele's really the only guy that you can look at in that rotation and be like, yeah, that guy's going to be good next year because Tyone struggled this year. Kyle Hendricks actually did look a lot better than in years past this year, but you just still don't know how well you can pencil that in. Jordan Wicks looked all right this year, but he's young. Javier Assad looked all right last year, but he's also young. I feel like they need another guy that's like that you can really pencil in and trust in their rotation. And I think Sonny Gray is going to be the guy that they they depend on there. Yeah, that would be that would be really uh, a really interesting signing. Um, for whatever reason, I think wh- whoever ends up signing Sonny Gray, I think will. I'll I'll admire that team and and their ability to get him because I think he's one of the, he's one of the most underrated players on the market this year. I mean he was a, he was a Cy Young finalist. He had great run prevention, great run prevention and peripherals. Uh, kept the ball in the yard. And I want the Red Sox to get him. I don't think they will get him. I think the Cardinals will get him. And part of that has to do with like you know that that starting pitching philosophy. They also have a big hole in this in their starting uh in their starting rotation. They don't really have anyone. They don't have an ace. They don't really have many just good pitchers in that rotation in general. So you know, getting Gray would would help them out. I know that Emily Trade Rumors has a consensus prediction for Aaron Nola going to the Cardinals. So it seems like there is a there is a prediction within the market that they will will go after starting pitching and I don't have Nola going to the Cardinals. So I'll have great going to the Cardinals, uh, a lower velocity guy also, um, which is kind of what the Cardinals go for and not necessarily a break. It's not going to be a break the bank move and it's not going to be a long-term move, which I think the Cardinals would be into. Um, but I, I definitely see that for the Cubs as well. So um, anything more on Sunny Gray before we go on to Matt Chapman? No, I, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you said it best. I mean, he fits the mold for both kind of what the Cubs and Cardinals look for. And I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to either one. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now with Matt Chapman, who uh, is a really interesting free agent, he had yeah. one of the hottest starts in baseball this past year, but kind of fell off, but still has the, um, I believe still has the defensive prowess, uh, you know, will probably, def- you know, improve improve whatever team he goes on defensively most likely unless it's you know like the like the cardinals or something um with you want to <laughs> go first on this one uh yeah i'll 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 say and this is mostly going off of well, this is a couple of reasons but this is mostly going off of their production at the position last year but i'm, I'm i think matt chapman's gonna go to the mets um they had poor production from third base it started with eduardo escobar it continued with brett Beatty. And part of this has to do part of this prediction also has to do with uh, what the Mets tried to do last year. They tried to get Carlos Correa, despite also having Francisco Lindor. So they weren't shy to to attack the third baseman position, even though they have Brett Beatty kind of marinating and and trying to um, 
you know, try to continue to, to develop him. And, you know, Beatty underperformed last year. I don't think they're giving up on Beatty, but they might just try to work him out at, at, at other positions. And the fact that they, you know, were willing to, you know, skip Beatty's turn uh, last year with the potential of signing Carlos Correa, I think that that's all the more reason that they're going to invest in a third baseman this upcoming year. So, yeah, that's why I have Matt Chapman going to the Mets. Where do you have him going? Yeah, this might be my first like hot take of of this show. I have I think I go off the beaten path a little bit here. Uh, I'm also going with the logic of production from that position, but I'm going to go with uh, the Detroit Tigers for where mm. Matt Chapman goes. The Tigers uh, also had poor production at a third base last year, primarily with Zach McKinstry and a couple other guys. Uh, the Tigers very uh, quietly finished second in the American League Central last year. Uh, in the first full year of Scott Harris's tenure as the uh, as the GM, and the last, you know, they were in a very similar position after 2021, where they, you know, kind of quietly performed very well. Um, ultimately, didn't win the division, but or go to the playoffs. But you know, it felt like there was some promise there. And that offseason, they went out and signed Eduardo Rodriguez. They signed Javier Baez, uh, and you know, they they kind of went for it a little bit. And obviously, uh, unfortunately, that didn't work out too well. But I think they're going to do the same thing this year, and I think Matt Chapman is the number one name that they would eye on offense. I think it makes sense. I think it's a fit. Uh, I don't make an awesome defensive left side of the infield with him and Baez. Um, and, you know, I think he's the kind of hitter that Detroit looks for and that, you know, it's a guy that shoots the gaps, hits doubles, maybe isn't the biggest home run guy, but they don't need him to be. Uh, so I, I have Matt Chapman going to Detroit. Yeah, with uh, – yeah, with with – with the Tigers, yeah, they had, I mean, they had good third base production previous to like 2022 with, you know, they had a couple good, good years out of Jamer Condelario, but um, he's no longer with the organization. Uh, and so, yeah, I think, I think they could definitely take advantage of, of this, uh, of this market here with, with getting Chapman, um, you know, 39 doubles last year. Uh, he, he does shoot the gaps, um, which is something that's pretty valuable at Comerica Park, which is, you know, notoriously a, a non-home run hitter park but you can get your doubles you can find your gaps there uh so yeah so i haven't gone to the mets you haven't gone to the tigers um and then with now we move on to uh, a guy you just mentioned in eduardo rodriguez um this is a really interesting uh free agent case you know he he just signed a you know two it was two years ago when he signed a five-year deal he's opting out of it um, after the second year with the Tigers. Uh, where do you have him going uh, this time around? Yeah, um, I'm going to put a Erod on the Arizona Diamondbacks uh, mm. in my predictions. The Diamondbacks, you know, we saw it throughout the playoffs. They're a team that just doesn't have a lot of starting pitching depth. And I think, you know, there's kind of a mindset in that front office being like, all right, you know what? Like, we could go for it because we saw how that team just did in October. Um, even though, and you know, I mean, even when you take the blinders off and look at it without the playoffs, they only won 84 games. They could have won a lot more. Um, you know, Gallon was good. Kelly was good. Uh, you know, they have potential out of guys like Dre Jameson in the future, Ryan Nelson in the future, uh, Brandon Fodd in the future. But I think they might want to go into the next season with one more established guy. Uh, and I think Erod will be the number one pitcher that they target. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, kind of fits the mold of Chase Field, a lefty. Uh, that can get the ball on the ground a decent amount. Um, and yeah, I think that's the guy they go for. Also, there's the, you know, there's a former connection with him and Tori Lovello, Mike Hazen, you know, Mike Hazen uh, traded for him 
uh, or was a part of the team that traded for him uh, in 2014 with the Red Sox. Troy Lovello managed him uh, through parts of 2015, and you know he was in the organization with him in 2016. So I think there's some familiarity there, and uh, you know that's where I see him going. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, it. it uh, I would love that move for the Diamondbacks if it if it does indeed happen. Um, they could really really use that reliable you know three starter. I know Fod was good in the in the playoffs, but you know over the longer sample, he mm-hmm. did not seem fully developed yet. Uh, you know he, he probably will be at some point, but but not quite yet. So I um yeah with with Eduardo Rodriguez, I have him staying in Detroit. Um, because he is the uh his the biggest fan of Detroit out there, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, he did say there was no geographical limitations on his on his free agency. Yeah, that that is fair. That is very fair. Um, I could see that for sure. Yeah, I'm. I think part of it for me is like the fact that he waived his no no trade clause, and I know he did say you know no geographical limitations, but um, you know, just from a PR sentiment and trying to boost your value. If you if you want to stay in one spot, that's just going to lower your value. It's, there's going to be less teams bidding for you. Um, so I think I think there's potential. He does go to another team, but I think the Tigers, especially with the general optimism around that organization right now, I think they'll you know do the do it you know make an effort to keep him around, and I think he'll he'll take that offer. Um, you know, as you mentioned, it does it does seem like 2021 all over again with them, like coming off a year where they ended very, very well. The Tigers did, um, you know, could make some moves in this, in this off season. You have Chapman going there. I have uh Erod staying there. I think, I think we both have them. We we both have them bank, making big moves. So, yeah, I think I, I see that, you know, like I, one thing that I said after the Rangers won the world series is that I really wonder if there's going to be a lot of teams that kind of just start spending big, uh, even when they might not be in the best situation. And the, the Detroit Tigers are the first team that comes to mind when I think of a team in that kind of position. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so anything more on uh, on Erod before we go on to our first reliever? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I can kind of talk about, like, the uh, the whole, like, biggest Detroit fan out there, right? I mean, he waived his no-trade clause during the trade deadline. I think there is a difference, obviously, between, like, uh, uprooting your life and moving on a day's notice versus three months notice. So like I could easily see him leaving the Tigers. I could also see him going back because that's definitely a rotation spot uh, that the Tigers need to refill uh, and what better way than with the guy that was originally there. But yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely going to be an interesting case, but I do think there will be other teams out there that bid for him. Certainly. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a very, very, very fair point. There is a difference in, you know, changing look and along with that like changing location for the span of two to three months as opposed to you know potentially four or five years with a new free agent contract um so yeah uh now on to josh Hader, and yeah there does seem to be a general consensus on mlb trade rumors and does that continue with us absolutely i mean it definitely continues with me i don't know about you yeah, I, this is the one that I talked about before, before the show where I was like, I'd be very surprised if you didn't have the Texas Rangers. Yeah, it, it's it's it's, it's too good. Rangers. It's too good. <laughs> right. I mean, it's a team that's very willing to spend. It's a team that needs uh, sustainability at the back end of their bullpen. And uh, Josh Hader's right there. Yeah, 
Yeah. I I don't even know if this needs to be discussed that much. No, I I mean I mean well, I guess we can, right? I mean Aroldis Chapman, you know, who is kind of looked at as I think the Rangers viewed him as the closer when they started, you know, when they uh when they acquired him. He's obviously a free agent right now. Um, you know, I think they want they definitely want to go in with a certified closer. They don't have, I don't want to I don't think they want to go into spring training being like, "All right, it's time to start figuring out who it is." I think they want to have a, a established guy. And I mean, Josh Hader is literally the perfect guy out there for them because it's a guy that they can spend on. You know, obviously they're not shy about it. Uh, and it's, it's the best reliever on the market and it's the best reliever that's going to be on the market probably for a while. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, Jose Leclerc is a pretty good closer, um, did pretty well in the regular season and postseason. However, um, the Rangers just organizationally are willing to just, you know, get get past that and bolster their team even more. Like even even this past uh like you know in, in the 2021 to 22 offseason they signed two shortstops um and you know just put one at second base. Like yeah they can have they can have two closers on the roster easily with Leclerc and and Hader. And that's that's the winning way. Like you 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 just have you know you just have a lot of a lot of depth and and create a lot of uh a lot of good situations for your team um so i think i think that's that's why it's a consensus that people are th- thinking he's going to go to the rangers and it's kind of going to be a surprise if he doesn't go there um all right uh now to marcus stroman um who opted out of his last year of his contract with the cubs where do you see him uh taking his talents yeah, um, Marcus Stroman, I have going to the St. Louis Cardinals. You had Sonny Gray going there. I obviously see them signing a starting pitcher because they kind of need to. Um, Stroman's a guy that had a great ground ball rate last year. I think it was like close to 60% uh, in the time that he pitched. Cardinals still a very strong infield defense uh, behind him, so I think the fit will be will be very nice. Um, you know, I think it's a guy they don't have to break the bank for again. Uh, you know, he he was a free agent recently, and the Cardinals were in on him then. Uh, I see, I see this one being no different. So I, I see Marcus Stroman going to St. Louis. Uh, right, right. We uh, yeah, we got a little switcheroo. I got oh. Gray going to the Cardinals. You have Gray going to the Cubs. I have Stroman going to the Cubs, and you have Stroman going to the Cardinals. Yeah, um, it's like a trade. Well, well, yeah, a little tradey dues. Um, yeah, I, and I think a lot of the reason why the Cubs slash Cardinals would go after Gray is part of the reason why the Cubs slash Cardinals would go after Stroman. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Stroman obviously has already pitched with the Cubs for two years, um, done decently well, uh, not not bad. And along with that, uh, ground ball pitcher, great middle defense with, with Swanson and Horner, two of the best, uh, in, maybe the best defensive middle infield duo out there. As for third base and first base, it's kind of interchangeable. You know, they they don't it's not necessarily uh great there, but middle infield wise at the most important positions, they are very, very solid there. And uh and yeah, I think, you know, Stroman is pretty well liked in Chicago. I was um, you know, I, I actually went to one of his starts at Wrigley Field and, you know, he had a big ovation when you he was going out to the bullpen. Um and and yeah, I think the Cubs the Cubs are definitely in win now mode and more than they were two years ago when they initially signed him. So I think they would offer some good money to keep him around. But uh, 
in your opinion, that will be that money will be going to Sonny Gray. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I have it. I have it staying with um, with Marcus Stroman for. Yeah, I mean, I think I think I mean Gray is probably going to get a larger contract. Yeah. Uh, in terms of dollar value, AAV years, whatever it may be, and I think the Cubs are going to be a little more aggressive and say, you know, what, let's go get the let's go get the bigger name out there. Yeah. Yeah. And just the general better pitcher as well. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I would. Yeah, if I'm the if I'm a Cubs fan, I want Gray over Stroman. Um, but yeah, we'll we will uh we will see. Hopefully things start rattling around around the winter mm-hmm. meetings. Um now on to Shota Amanaga. Imanaga. Imanaga. Yeah, he's um, another pitcher, a left-handed pitcher coming over from Japan. Um he had pretty good he he pitched in the uh in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, I'm trying I'm gonna pull up his numbers right now. Yeah, from what, um, from, yeah, left-handed, from what left-handed at... pitcher, he is going into his age 30 season, and last year he pitched 159 innings in Japan, had a 2.66 ERA, uh, a 7.83 strikeout-to-walk ratio, 1.0 home runs per nine, uh, which definitely is a lot more in Japan than it would be in the U.S., but, I mean, he was a very good pitcher last year, 188 strikeouts and 159 innings, only 24 walks, 18 home runs allowed. Uh, he's a guy that probably could get like maybe five years, 20 mil a year. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Um, who do you have handing out that money? Um, I have the giants. Uh, okay. And part of this has to do with, I should have mentioned this when I mentioned, when I talked about, uh, Aaron Nola potentially going there, um, or my prediction of Nola going there is I think the giants have a big chip on their shoulder this off season. Um, they failed to get two giant free, or excuse me, two big free agents uh, last year. <laughs> um, two big free agents last year, and you know they they're a team where they're they're very they're, them and the Red Sox are fairly fairly similar. I think the Red Sox just have a have a better farm system, but the Giants have some promise. They're like middling right now. They've been middling for two years now. Uh, overperformed in 2021, but they've been middling for two years. They have some good veteran talent, uh, but they need a couple more moves to boost them to a playoff contender and uh, or even a team that's probably going to get into the playoffs. And I think they're going to spend big money. They have a lot of financial flexibility over there. And uh, I think they'll get Nola along with uh, Imanaga. Uh, and also just going with the organizational philosophy, like his strikeout to walk ratio was crazy last year. I think Farhanzi is going to like that a lot. Um, so yeah, that's, that's why I have Imanaga going to the giants. Where do you have him going? Yeah. I don't know how active this team plans on being in the postseason, but I feel like this is a move that makes sense and a move that they can kind of just make, uh, to say like, look at this, we improved. Uh, I have him going to the Houston Astros. Um, hmm. I think there's still room for improvement in that rotation. You know, Verlander isn't getting any younger. Uh, from Valdez obviously looked good this year, but you know you didn't get really you didn't really get what you wanted out of Christian Javier. Uh, Hunter Brown, I don't really know if he took the steps forward that they hoped he did in terms of run prevention. Uh, and JP France, I feel like is a guy that they can replace with someone better if they really wanted to. Um, I think that's where Imanaga comes in. You know, I think it's a very uh, savvy move for them to make. I know that's kind of what they're all about, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it's. It's a place where they can improve. Uh, obviously, they came up short last year, and there's also, you know, kind of a change in organizational philosophy with Joe Espada coming in as the manager now. 
Uh, you know, it sounds like they're going to be, I mean, obviously Martin Maldonado is a free agent, but, you know, Yiner Diaz is going to be a guy they pencil into the lineup. It's a more analytically based move. Uh, you know, I think there's a lot of changes they make organizationally, and I think that Shota Imanaga uh, is that guy for them. Yeah, makes a, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Astros could definitely use some rotation improvement. Um, you know, just their team ERA+, plus, including, you know, starting pitching and bullpen, went down 26 points from... 2022 to 2023 so it's not necessarily the same dominant you know astros pitching that we've grown used to i think they could definitely use some some improvement there uh now on to jamer condelario yeah uh, our alum yeah ar alum (laughs) um made a made a big improvement in his game uh this past year probably boosted his his free agent value where do you think he's going to be going yeah i have jamer candelario going to the mets uh, I think my logic is a little similar to yours with Matt Chapman. Uh, you know, I think they kind of, I know that this is Steve Cohen we're talking about here, and yeah, they're clearly not afraid to, uh, you know, get the big guy, even though they already have Lindor in the on that left side of the infield. But, you know, I feel like they're just not ready to give up on Brett Beatty quite yet. I know that he kind of struggled last year, but, you know, that potential is definitely there. And I feel like they put J- Jamer Candelario there to kind of, uh, you know, plug up a potential hole at third base, but also not lock it up and, and you know, erase Brett Beatty's chances of, of being a regular starter for them. Yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. I have him going to the Phillies. Um, Just, uh, I don't know if they're necessarily giving up on Alec Bohm, but just giving him less plate appearances. Platooning uh, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And... Also, Condelario has shown ability to play first base uh, with the Cubs, and I think it'll be it'll, the Phillies if they add Jamer Condelario. The, it would just add a different element to their um, to their lineup. They they could switch around. I know they plan on having Bray, Bryce Harper be like the permanent first baseman, but you know he could go to DH. Condelario could DH. Condelario could play third base. I think it would just add some some elements to it to a place where they could you know a place in the field where they can improve so i think the phillies might go out and uh and do that but yeah with the mets yeah i think the mets just yeah it logically makes sense in just making a shorter term investment uh at third base uh but still improving their 2024 team so yeah should be um should be interesting uh now on to is it young ho lee jung ho lee yeah uh he's a korean import coming in from the kbo he's only 25 years old next year um and he's played seven seasons in the kbo has looked very good there a 340 career average 407 career obp 491 career slugging uh 898 career ops in almost 4,000 plate appearances uh last season he looks like he got hurt he only played 86 games Uh, and it was a bit of a down year statistically by his own standards but uh, clearly a very talented player, an outfielder, uh, bats left, throws right. Um, another guy that could get like a pretty decent contract coming over. Uh, what do you have? This ones are definitely very hard to predict, but what do you, what do you think, Chris? Yeah, I, I initially had him somewhere going somewhere else. And then I just made a switch in my mind. It, it literally flip-flopped with the next free agent. Um, I have him going to the Mariners. Uh, I think the Mariners, you know, they, I think they've, they have a good history of like investing in overseas players, uh, generally speaking. And along with that, 
Uh, they do need a lot of, uh, they do need some offensive help. They need some help out of the outfield, especially with Teoscar Hernandez going on the free agent market. Um, so I think they would, uh, they would invest in an outfield bat. Um, but I could also see him investing, uh, in the next guy, but where do you have him going? I also have him going to Seattle. Yeah. yeah we, we agree on that one. Um, I think the Mariners are going to, yeah, make a decent number of investments to try to give their offense a makeover because it was very bad last year and it cost them a playoff berth in what should have been, you know, a part of their championship window. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I have Jung-Hoo Lee coming over. I mean, I think with, yeah, with Teoscar Hernandez leaving, that's going to be a guy that they can hopefully, uh, you know, be able to pencil in and be an upgrade over. I mean, right now they have Cade Marlowe as their opening day right fielder. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think that would be an upgrade, no doubt. Yeah, I don't know. I think you kind of said it best. Yeah, and also going with how the Mariners have been run as an organization, like, over the past couple of years, they've they've opened up their wallets a good bit. So I see them making a continuing to make an impact on the free agent market. Um, so yeah, uh now on to Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who just before the show, I initially had him go into the Mariners, but I don't know. I just more on a feeling thing. I have mm-hmm. the Mariners going more after Lee uh, as opposed to Gurriel Jr. Um Gurriel Jr. I'll start. I'll I think he will go to san francisco i think it will go to the giants um because the giants are another team that desperately needs outfield hitting um i should actually go back to uh yeah where they rank yeah they were the uh san francisco outfielders last year had the second lowest slugging and third lowest ops in baseball last year um we mentioned how you know they were impacted by missing out on aaron judge uh and how Mitch Haniger and Michael Conforto were not necessarily um, boosting their outfield power as much as they would have liked them to. And they will continue to pursue outfield. Uh, they will continue, continue to pursue outfield power and outfield bats. I don't think it will, it will be with Bellinger because I think Farhan Zaidi is kind of, is kind of gonna, um, you know, look at the, potential you know look at the lack of sustainability with cody bellinger um and i think they will go with uh lourdes guriel jr here sure so i made this list last week and maybe my opinion has changed on this because of some things that have gone on uh within this team's front office in the last week but as of right now i have lourdes guriel jr going to the miami marlins um Mm. i think you know it's kind of a it it the fit feels you know it feels like an or like an addition that they would have made uh, you know, in the last couple of years. I don't know if Peter Bendix is going to make this type of move because, uh, you know, he's obviously coming in with a different philosophy, one that he's bringing over from Tampa. Um, but, you know, I mean, I think there's obviously a lot of room for improvement in the offense. Uh, as of right now, their outfield is Brian De La Cruz, Jazz Chisholm, Jesus Sanchez with Abisal Garcia as a DH. Um, and I think Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is a guy that you could fit in there somewhere. Uh, maybe I don't feel as strongly about it with Peter Bendix uh, running the organization, but I think I think it's still definitely a possibility. Yeah, uh, it it would make sense. Um, you know, the Marlins, uh, they're probably most likely losing Jorge Soler. He is, uh, you know, on the free agent market. They could resign him, but if they don't, Gurriel Jr. would seem like a decent option for them, um, especially, you know, 
I think that front office is a little more inspired to spend and, and go after someone like Uriel Jr. Considering they just made the playoffs. Um, so yeah, they, they may just build on that team. So yeah, you have them go to the Marlins. I have them going out West to San Francisco. Bang um, out West. Yeah. Way, way out West. So now on to Reese Hoskins, who unfortunately we did not see play uh, this past year, um, but, you know, has, has a good level of notoriety in, in baseball, especially as a hitter, power hitting first baseman. Where do you think he will be taking his talents? I have him going to a team we recently mentioned. I am going to Seattle. Uh, I mm-hmm. think the Mariners are going to, I think Jerry DePoto is going to move on from Ty France. Um, he just hasn't really blossomed into the type of hitter that we thought he was going to in throughout 2020 and 21. You know, he was a league average hitter last year. Uh, you need more than that at first base. And he wasn't very good at the defense either. Um, I think he's a guy that they could trade uh, for maybe some pitching, some bullpen, maybe even some some offense. Um, and I think they bring Reese Hoskins in to take his place. Um, Reese Hoskins, I think, is you know a more consistent hitter. He's a guy that uh, will make the offense better. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think Reese Hoskins goes to the Seattle Mariners, joining Jung Ho Lee. Yeah, they could definitely use some some improvement at first base. Um, I have I have Hoskins going to uh, a, a solid place. Um. I have him going to... Dude, I didn't I, I laughed before I even like saw what you were doing. I was like, he's gonna he's gonna play the famous clip. Yeah, shout out to shout out to uh number 46 out there. Yeah uh, in charge. <laughs> loves loves the idea of Reese Hoskins going to the twins. <laughs> um yeah, they uh just looking looking at the baseball reference like team list, uh they had Donovan Solano listed as their first baseman. And you know Donovan Solano isn't hey, the that's worst. That's the Hershey Award winner. Yeah, he, he's not <laughs> the worst option to have out there, but he also is, I think, thirty-five or heading into his age thirty-six season. Mm-hmm. Um, so and you know the Twins are in a competitive window right now, uh, and they're willing to spend on like a mid-level market guy like this. Uh, I could see them handing out you know a potential three-year, four-year deal, or even you know the one-year prove-it deal because he d- is coming off an ACL surgery. Um, so yeah, I, I think it would he would just fit on the team. Um, I don't think he's gonna stay in Philadelphia. Uh, you know, you don't think that as well. So um I mean so they yeah. already said they already said they're gonna play Bryce Harper at first. Yeah, exactly. Like I I, I don't think it could be any clearer. Yeah, <laughs> they're not gonna have Hoskins play left field or yeah, exactly. again so that Schwarber can play left. Um they're not gonna do that. So no. so yeah, I'm going to Minnesota because it just seems like it would be a good fit. Um, now on to Lucas Giolito, one of the more interesting free agents out there. Who do you think he's going to play for next year? Um, I think Lucas Giolito is going to, uh, you know, he's certainly on a redemption tour next year, trying to prove that he's, uh, not regressing like in in a very aggressive way. And I have him going to Baltimore. Um, I think he's going to perform a lot better with that large wall in left field because a lot of his issues are home runs. You know, his strikeout to walk ratio uh, was still very good last year. He struck out 10 batters per nine last year. Uh, His walk rate wasn't fantastic, but he gave up two home runs per nine, and that's just never going to cut it. Um, And I think Baltimore will save him uh, from a lot of those home runs. I think it's an upgrade that the Orioles could make in their rotation. 
you know, I don't know what they're willing to spend this offseason, but they definitely need upgrades in the, in the pitching staff. Uh, so I kind of see Lucas Figueroa as that fit. Yeah, I would I would like that move for the Orioles. I think I think Lucas Giolito might be more interested in the Orioles than the Orioles might be interested. Yes, in I agree with that. Um, and uh, like a one year prove it deal. Yeah, for me, part of <laughs> part of this is feeling for me. I am going to the Dodgers, and I've I've developed yep. a I've de- this is a type of contract, and it's called the I can fix him deal. Yeah. The, the the Dodgers do this do this a lot. They they have an I can fix him moment. Um, they did that. And with they the usually OC. do, and and a lot of the times they do. The, the the narrative around that saying is you don't, but the Dodgers do. Yeah, and and they've uh they they did that successfully, sort of with like Tyler Anderson. Uh, you know, famously with like Justin Turner, like he transformed Jason Hayward. Career. Jason Hayward. But they've also failed with uh, Noah Syndergaard and Lance Lynn. Um, but I think they will do the I can fix him deal with uh, with Lucas Giolito. And they do need more starting pitching, obviously. Um, Shohei Otani, if they do end up signing him, he's not going to be in that starting rotation next year. So I think they will add to their starting rotation and they will do it with an I can fix him deal with Lucas Giolito. Um, anything more on uh, on him before we go move on to another team? No, I like it. I like I like that one a lot. Um, so uh now on to Mitch Garver, uh a power hitting catcher, did pretty well for Texas last year, has had a very good year with um Minnesota before as well. Where do you think he will be going? I really want to see this one happen. I think the fit would be a lot of fun. I have him going to the Cincinnati Reds. Hmm. I think uh, the Reds could use another bat. They could use, you know, maybe they move on from Tyler Stevenson, a catcher. He had a down year offensively, and he's also kind of just a very big burden defensively to where they had to carry another catcher on their roster this year because they DH'd him. Uh, I think they bring in Mitch Garver uh, to fix that and also give them an upgrade in the offense as well. Right, right. Um, For me, I have... Garver going to the Bronx. I will be. I will. Ooh. I think. Uh, yeah, the Yankees need some more catching. So, and they also need more offense. And Mitch Carver is a big provider of that. Uh, we saw that. We saw that last year. And yeah, I just think I think it would make sense. Um, both from an offensive standpoint and a catching standpoint to sign Mitch Carver because also it's not a long term deal. Um, it would be one or two years, and I think he would help the who would help the Yankees roster a good bit as well. So now we move on to a very different player from Mitch Garver. It's Kevin Kiermeyer, defensive specialist, uh, maybe the, still, maybe still reigning defending best defensive center fielder out there. Uh, there's, there's definitely a good debate to, to be had there. Um, where do you, where do you see him going in free agency? Yeah, I have him staying in the AL East where he's been his entire career. I have him going to the Yankees. Um, I think it's just a very good fit right now because, you know, he's a guy that is a left-handed hitter, which is certainly a bonus for them, but he's also a guy that can, uh, you know, kind of hold down the fort in center field while they wait for Jason Dominguez to come back. Uh, and at the same time, he can be around a league average bat, maybe even above league average. Um, he, he'll be pretty cost-effective for the Yankees, and he'll improve their defense as well. Um, I think it's uh, a move that makes a lot of sense for New York. Because, you know, it's not a guy that you have to make a long-term commitment to, but it's a guy that 
you know, can make a big impact in the months while you're waiting for Jason Dominguez. Yeah, I definitely, uh, I definitely see that. I have him going to the Cardinals, um, you know, just to, just to be Harrison Bader without being Harrison Bader. Um, Mm -hmm. because, uh, I noticed actually, um, when I was doing research that, the Cardinals had one of the worst um, defensive runs above average from outfielders last year. And, you know, the, the Cardinals pride themselves on defense. Uh, they've always been one of the a better. A lot of that players. was just Jordan Walker. Yeah, a lot of that was Jordan Walker for sure. <laughs> Unfortunately. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I see them potentially making some defensive improvements and them going with Kevin Kiermeyer to uh, to supplement that. Um, yeah, so anything more before we go into Jorge Soler? Uh, let's talk about Jorge Soler, who opted out of his deal with Miami. Yeah, I um, I'll start and I'll say it's going to be a reunion for Jorge Soler. I believe he's going to go to the Cubs. Oh, um, they are gonna, you know, with me predicting him, with me predicting Cody Bellinger going to the Yankees. You know, the the Cubs are going to want some outfield, some more outfield depth, some outfield power. Um, so I think they're going to go with. Jorge Soler to, to have that. I think he's also just like a similar style of play to like say a Suzuki who, you know, they signed a couple of years ago. So I think they'll put uh they'll put Soler in, in one of the corners there and, uh, and have him, you know, hidden home runs in Wrigley field again. Yeah. That's a fun idea. I have him uh, going to Fenway and playing Ooh. for the Red Sox. Uh, the Red Sox are losing Justin Turner this year uh, in their DH spot. And I think, uh, you know, they'd certainly have a lot of internal options to replace him, but I think maybe uh, they go outside and get a guy that is known for having a lot of power, a guy that, you know, has a really fun spray chart when you look at it over Fenway Park. Um, you know, I could see him kind of revitalizing himself and maybe not getting exactly back to his 2019 days, but, you know, being a, a very consistent home run hitter. He's a guy that mashed against lefties last year. He had like a 1,200 OPS against them. Uh, you know, I think uh, the Green Monster would have – would have a lot of balls flying over it into it against it uh yeah. with Jorge Soler at Fenway. Yeah, I would I would enjoy I would enjoy seeing that um mm-hmm. personally. So so yeah, I am going to the Cubs, you haven't going to the Red Sox. Uh now on to another power hitting outfielder, Teoscar Hernandez, um, who had kind of an up and down year last year with Seattle after uh many years with with Toronto. Where do you think uh Teoscar Hernandez will be going? Yeah, I'm uh you you can use that forty six clip again because I have him going to the Twins. <laughs> uh, I have yeah I have Teoscar Hernandez. I feel like he fits very nicely into that offense. Um, you know I know that they they have Willie Castro right now as their center fielder, uh, with Byron Buxton DHing. So there's certainly an open spot for them in the outfield. Uh, that I think Teoscar would fit nicely in. You know he's another guy that it's it's he's a power hitter. Um. You know, I mean, Joey Gallo's hitting for agency, so they could almost see him as a as a replacement to, to Joey Gallo um, without the defense. But yeah, I think Teoscar would be a good fit on the Twins for like a two, three year deal. Yeah, Teoscar Hernandez. I don't know if I'll do that every time, but I, I was ready for the how about that for some reason. Like <laughs> I'm, when I hear you. When I hear you say the name of a player and then put your phone up to the mic, I'm like, wait, whoa, I didn't just talk about him for two and a half minutes. I talked about him for like 30 seconds. The Pavlovian response. I get it. I get it. I yeah. I, I did that on purpose, sort of. Not to trick yeah. you, but to have that same cadence. Um, For 
I I will I see another reunion happening. I see Teoscar Hernandez going to back to Toronto. Yeah, um, where he was traded for, where where he was taken from the uh, notorious cheating 2017 Astros, where he was a where he was a. Major... It would have been really funny if you said I have a reunion. I am going to Houston. <laughs> yeah, that would be hilarious. <laughs> where he played uh, that one game. Notorious. Notorious cheating pinch runner. I think Teoscar I think he Hernandez. yeah I think he literally played one game with the Astros. No plate appearances. <laughs> um, but I am going to Toronto because Toronto did indeed uh, miss him. They tried to supplement some outfield you know offense with Dalton Varsho going there, um, but you know Dalton Varsho was kind of you know underperformed at least offensively last year. They also don't have Lourdes Gurriel Jr. or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. anymore. And they need some more outfield offense. George Springer isn't quite the same as he was. So, and you know, the Blue Jays are very much in a in a win now win- window and it's and it's closing day by day. So yeah, I think uh I think they'll go after another outfield bat, and I think that outfield bat will be Teoscar Hernandez, because that was one of their weaknesses last year. Um so and they get to keep Eric Swanson as well. Yeah, yeah. A little uh little 2016 Yankees action there or 20 uh 2017 Yankees action um Eric Swanson was a Yankee no 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 um uh just oh uh, like you're referring to Chapman okay I was referring to Chapman and, and yeah okay I see um not quite the same situation but but uh but yeah uh so now on to Seth Lugo who is a you know was a decent bullpen piece for the Padres last year where do you think he will be uh where do you think he'll be going? He's actually a uh, reliever turned starter. Um, they had him starting games last year. I, I'm I don't know if he's on the free agent market as a starter as a reliever. I put him on as a starter, and I am going to the Seattle Mariners. Um, I think they could use one more rotation piece with Robbie Ray being on the IL uh, with Tommy John surgery. As of right now, Fangraphs has them with Marco Gonzalez as their five pitcher. Um, I don't think he actually will be because they have uh, you know Castillo, they have Kirby, they have Gilbert. They have Bryce Miller, they have Brian Wu, and I would even put Emerson Hancock over. But I feel like one more established starter wouldn't hurt. So I have uh, Seth Lugo coming in and being that guy. And they could even transition to the bullpen if they need to. Um, and their bullpen wasn't as good last year as it had been in years past. Um, and, you know, they had a lot of guys break out that it's like, do I know that Gabe Spire is going to put up a 2-6 ERA again? I don't know. Uh, Seth Lugo is a guy that I think they can rely on a little bit more. So I, I have Seth Lugo going to Seattle. Yeah, I initially had him going somewhere else, but I just changed my mind considering um, I, I don't think I was considering the team's need, the team's positional need as much. Mm-hmm. But um, I have him going back to Queens now. Um, I'm I'm obsessed with reunions right now. I'm in, a, <laughs> I'm, in I'm in my reunion era. Yeah. Uh, but uh, initially, I had him going to the Angels, but I don't know how active they're um, they're going to be in the free agent market. And Lugo's not necessarily a type of guy that they would sign and then use as trade bait, like maybe some of the other people I might have them be signing. Um, but the Mets, uh, as I mentioned, as, as you mentioned before, they do need some bolstering of the rotation. And I don't really have any of the top free agents going to the Mets. So I think just in my own universe, it would make sense that he would go to the Mets. Uh, you know, yeah, he, ha- he has experience there. Um, I think the organization kind of liked him. So I think he will go back to go back to the Mets. Um, now uh, on to Harrison Bader, 
I have Harrison Bader going to a team that you've foreseen being pretty active. I have him going to San Francisco, going to the Giants. You with Lourdes Gurriel Jr., and I have Bader. Um, the Giants' outfield defense was not very good last year. It was bottom five, I believe, in outs above <laughs> average. Um, they can certainly use a guy like Harrison Bader to replace like Luis Matos out there or whoever they want to throw out at the outfield to start the year. But um, I, I could see him. They also have to continue the streak of different left fielders starting on opening day every year. Um, so, <laughs> so Harrison Bader could be a good fit there. Yeah. Um, do you do you have him going to the Cardinals or Yankees? Uh, I have him going to a different New York team. I have him going to the Mets as well. Not a reunion. Doesn't count. Uh, no, yeah, it does not count. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, there. So. Yeah, I have him going to Queens. Uh, part of it has to do with just like looking at um, defensive statistics. The Mets were bottom six in defensive runs above average from both outfielders and center fielders. Um, they just need more general outfield production. They have Nimmo, who's, who was good last year, but Sterling Marte dropped off. Uh, Mark Canna, they ended up trading. So they need some more outfielders. And uh, And yeah, I think Harrison Bader will be the guy that they that they go out and get um in the outfield. So now on to Michael Walker, uh our favorite. Um yeah. great, great run prevention numbers the past two years, not very good peripheral numbers. We're waiting for him to break. Where do you think he's gonna go? So I have him going to Pittsburgh uh mm. with the Pirates. Now the Pirates this like last year was a very big down year for them. And I know that says, sounds like such an easy thing to say because every year has been a down year since like 2016. But last year was, I think a year where a lot of the, you know, rebuild pieces were going to start to come to fruition. And it really didn't happen, especially in the rotation. You know, I think they were hoping for a lot more out of guys like Quinn Priester, Ronesny Contreras, Luis Ortiz. They got virtually none of that. And now uh, Johan Oviedo is, uh, you know, seeing a specialist to consider Tommy John surgery, who was like one of the bright spots in the rotation last year. So they might have Mitch Keller throw 300 innings next year uh, if they don't sign any starting pitching. And I think Michael Walker is such a perfect guy because they've done this in the past where they sign a couple, uh, you know, low budget free agent pitchers to trade. You know, they did it in 2022 with Jose Quintana. They did it in 2023 with Vince Velasquez, with uh, Rich Hill. And yeah, Michael Walker, a great run prevention guy. Uh, we saw it early last season. I feel like that the guy the Pirates could be like, you know what? Let's see if he puts up a like a three two ERA, and we could trade him off for for something else. Uh, which is very unfortunate that they're we're in year five of their rebuild, and that's where we're at. But um, I see Michael Walker as a Pirate. Yeah, that that would uh that would logically make a good amount of sense. Yeah, like uh. Yeah, it, it would seem like that sort of Jose Quintana type situation mm-hmm. uh, once again, um, or even uh, Rich Hill last year. Like, yep. just take a guy for a one year deal, try to slice him off for for something good. Um, I'm <laughs> I'm continuing with the meme. I don't know if this is actually going to happen, but uh, I There's have a lot Michael, of reunion potential. Um, I'm having Michael Walker go to the Yankees. Um, because uh oh okay i see the meme yeah because as cashman said they're not analytically driven as we mentioned like waka has had some really good batted ball luck the past couple years 
And um, but if you just look at his ERA, he looks like a phenomenal pitcher. But the free agent market, um, you know, it, he's not going to get paid that much. He's not going to get paid based off of ZRA. Um, and that's why he's not going to get the, the high dollar amount. And I can already see the tweets from angry Red Sox fans who don't really follow that stuff being mm-hmm. like, oh, I can't believe we let Waka go to the Yankees. We failed once again. We failed to keep him around once again. But uh, but yeah, that's I, that's just a situation I could I could see unfolding. Um, now on to, uh, now on to a different starting pitcher, Kyle Gibson. Yeah, I have him, uh, another, another, uh, similar type of pick. I have him going to the Royals. Um, you know, as, as our friend, uh, Foolish Bailey likes to say, Kyle Gibson is what I see as a Chad innings eater. Uh, next year he threw 192 innings for the Orioles last year. Uh, was not, you know, particularly productive, a 4-3 ERA, a 4-1-3 FIP isn't bad, but. Uh, you know, I think the Royals are going to give him the Jordan Lyles treatment next year. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, like, I don't know. I don't know if any contending team is going to be like, we need that guy. But I also don't think that nobody's going to be like, we need that guy. So I think the Royals are kind of just going to be that in-between team. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, um, so yeah. I, and before the show, I mentioned uh, before recording, I mentioned like this is one guy who's like kind of niche that I'm pretty adamant oh, yeah. about going to one team. Kyle Gibson is that guy. And I'm using the same exact logic, the foolish Bailey, uh, the foolish baseball innings, Chad innings eater logic. But I have him instead of going to the Royals, I have him going to the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, yeah. And if you think about yep. it, the Reds going into 2024 are in a similar spot as the Orioles were heading into 2023. Um, Not saying that the Reds are going to win 101 games next year, but the Reds kind of overperformed using a lot of young players and they have a pretty good farm system um, rising up through the ranks. And, but also the Reds have a lot of green, like young starting pitchers that they want to protect most notably Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, but also Brandon Williamson and Andrew Abbott, some guys that are in their mid to early twenties that they want to, you know, be able to protect. And Kyle Gibson is going to protect them. He's going to go six innings. He's going to allow three to four earned runs. And uh, he's going to, he's going to go out there for the Reds every fifth day and, you know, throw maybe 185 innings with a, with like a four, nine, five, one ERA, something like that. Um, and yeah, that's that's where I see Kyle Gibson going using the foolish Bailey innings eater logic. Um, shout out to yeah, I do I do worry about him pitching in that ballpark, especially coming over from Baltimore. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Yeah, the Reds need guys that can that can pitch a few innings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, shout out to Foolish Bailey, friend, uh, alum of uh, alum of the program. Yeah. So now on to Jack Flaherty. Where do you think he's gonna go? I see another uh, I could fix him type contract, uh, not with the Dodgers though, but with the Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, Jack Flaherty is probably going to be a pretty low budget starter. Um, you know, I could see him getting like maybe like a one year deal with a club option for his second year. You know, I thought a lot of people thought Baltimore was going to fix him, and unfortunately, they really didn't. Uh, but Tampa Bay is like another team that I could see. You know, they sign him. Uh, especially because they're going to need rotation guys next year. You know, McClanahan will be out with Tommy John surgery. Rasmussen will still be coming back. Springs will still be coming back. It sounds like they're going to be trading Tyler Glass now. Uh, so they're going to need guys that can start games. And Jack Flaherty, I think, would be uh, one of those guys. It sounds like, you know, the rotation next year is going to be like Zach Eflin, 
uh, and then just, you know, other people, maybe, maybe other people, I don't know. Yeah, right. Zach Eflin. Glass now. Um, yeah. Well, it sounds and, like they're trading Glass now. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> it's it, it sounds like they're trading Glass. Yeah, as of right now, their Fangraphs projected rotation is Tyler Glass now, Zach Eflin, Zach Littell, Aaron Savali, Shane Boz. And it sounds like they're trading Glass now. So, well, because he only has one year left. They're obviously not going to reassign him. He would yeah, be he would become one he would become one of the best starting pitchers on either the trade or free agent market. Why not? Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have Jack Flaherty going to the Rays because assuming they trade Glass now, they will need starting pitchers. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, I have Flaherty going to the Angels. Um, it's part of it's partly a thing of like. They kind of did this with Noah Syndergaard a couple years ago. You know, a guy with high potential, um, you know, injury-riddled past a uh, few years. Had, Forgot about Noah Syndergaard's Angels days. Yeah, he, he you know, showed ability a few years ago, and maybe they're they're going to try to uh, sign him and, and dish, him, dish him off somewhere else come July. And uh, that's, that's just the type of deal I see happening with Jack Flaherty going to the Angels. Um, the entire the entire like post Mets era of Noah Syndergaard's career has been so sad. Like it's literally he's literally following the Matt Harvey arc. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's yeah, it's not fun to watch. It it yeah, it does kind of stink. Um, Although Matt Harvey did have a good year on the Reds, like Noah Syndergaard hasn't even. I mean, he was kind of good on the Angels and also kind of good on the Phillies, but yeah, twenty twenty three was very sad to watch. Yeah, he was he was usable in 2022, but yeah, last year was not like his his stats with Cleveland. He he only made six starts with Cleveland, so obviously this is not you know what to go off of. But 4.9 strikeouts per nine, 2.7 walks per nine, which isn't bad. But then 2.7 home runs per nine for a 7.34 FIP. Well, I remember this is a little short anecdote, but I remember you sent me a video of one of like Ellie De La Cruz's home runs early in his uh red yep. tenure here and and all i saw was noah Syndergaard throwing a 91 mile per hour fastball right down the middle and i was like what is going on um Dude, it's so sad yeah it's it's pretty tough um, someone someone made a video on twitter of like it was like a compilation you know like the like the shack celtics meme where it's like you know it's it's meant to symbolize like guys that are very past their prime someone made that like a compilation of baseball players it was like it was a fire video because it was like two minutes long and it was just guys that you forgot played on teams and one of them was Noah Syndergaard on Cleveland. <laughs> yeah. I'll try to find the video because it's, it's so good. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. Um, So now on to... Uh, yeah, going past Jack Flaherty, on to J.D. Martinez, um, who had a bounce back year last year with the Dodgers. Me, personally, I believe he's going to stay in in LA stay with the Dodgers um because I think the Dodgers need him he I think likes it likes likes being with the Dodgers you know with uh an old teammate Mookie Betts over there as we know um and yeah the Dodgers need they still need their 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 lineup depth they still want to compete they still have plenty of money so I think that he's gonna he's gonna stick with LA where do you think uh, I I have the same thing I also have him staying with the Dodgers yeah pretty much for everything you just said I, you know, he, he succeeded on the Dodgers. I'm sure the Dodgers would love to bring him back. I'm sure he'd love to, to, you know, go back on a contending team like that. 
Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, so now on to Brandon Belt. Uh, where do you think he will be going? I have another fun one. I have. I also have him going to the Pirates. Ooh. Um, might be might be a more aggressive move because he was actually pretty good last year. Um, but you know, I could see I could see the Pirates being like, you know what? If if we're competing, he's a guy that's in our lineup, and if we're not, he's a guy that we trade. Um, it yeah. is maybe more of an aggressive pick because there there's reason to believe that there are contending teams that would want him. Uh, but I don't know. I I think it's a vision that I could foresee coming to fruition. Yeah, yeah, it would be it would be pretty interesting. Some Brandon Bell into into McCovey or not McCovey Cove the the other the other uh yeah the uh, other uh body of water in right field yeah the other one Allegheny um, the Allegheny so so yeah I have so Brandon Belt by the way he had an interesting year last year like you know on a one year deal with the with the Blue Jays started very very poorly and then um kind of got back to his old ways uh and ended the year pretty well I haven't going to the Cubs. I think the Cubs have a little bit of a hole in the, you know, general corner infield, but especially at first base. They tried Trey, Trey Mancini out last year, didn't necessarily work out. Um, they traded for Jamer Condelario, but he's on the free agent market, and I don't have Condelario going back to the Cubs. Um, so I would see Brandon Belt filling that hole at first base. Um, One, by right. the way, I know that this is like kind of a mean thing to do, but Ron Ron Washington was introduced as the manager of the Angels today. And uh, he, one of his quotes during his introductory press conference was, "Our whole focus will be to run the West down. You can take that to the bank and deposit it." Oh wow! Which is yeah, very fun. Yeah, I I understand. You know, you're supposed to say stuff like that as a manager, but he 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 went full stop. He was like, "No, we are going to run the West, which has three teams that are getting better than us. Not teams that are already better than us, but teams that are getting better than us." Yeah, and. We're coming off a 73 win year and are losing a player that was worth 10 wins above replacement last year. And also um, could be losing a different player that has been worth 70 wins above replacement in the last decade. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sucks. So, so yeah, uh, I have Brennan Belt going to the north side. Daniel has yeah. him going to Pittsburgh, different NL Central team. Um, all right, now on to Adam Duvall. Uh, who is just on our favorite team, the Red Sox. Um, where do you have him taking his talents? Yeah, I mean, this is an obligatory Braves moment. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like Adam Duvall will just always be a Brave, even when he's not. It would be the third time they've acquired him. And uh, yeah, no, I just it's going to happen. Yeah, it it would be, it would make a lot of sense. Um, I am uh, I am staying away from the meme. I have him... Going to the Mariners for the same reasons I have uh Jung Jung Hu Lee going to the Mariners. Mariners need offense. Mariners need offense out of the outfield. Mariners need, need power out of the outfield. They have for a while now. Um, you know, they have that with Julio Rodriguez, but they need that out of corner outfielders. Adam Duvall is uh is the guy to go to with that. He's he's one of the premier, like pure power hitting outfielders out there. So um I think the Mariners could use him a, a good bit and that ballpark doesn't seem to matter. I think, I think Adam Duvall, when he hits, when he, when he gets a hold of one, it seems like it's going to go out anywhere. Um, yeah. So yeah, I have him going to the Mariners. Uh, Justin Turner now, another former Red Sox. Yeah, I have Justin Turner uh, going to the Arizona Diamondbacks. Um, I think 
the Diamondbacks are probably going to move on from Evan Longoria at third base. Um, and I think Justin Turner would be a good replacement out there. He had a very solid year with the Red Sox. Um, he's, you know, very familiar with playing in the NL West, obviously. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I think the Diamondbacks would be a good fit. I mean, it'd be an upgrade in that offense, certainly. Yeah, I have Justin Turner going to the Mariners. More <laughs> offense. Offense. Mariners. Sorry, Eugenio Suarez. They will they will get their offense and they will get more and more offense. That's what I think the Mariners will do. Um so yeah, I have I have uh Lee Lee, Justin Turner, and Adam Duvall all to the Mariners. I think that's 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 the end of my Mariners uh um offense run there. Yeah. So now on to Jordan. Right, Jerry, go get to work. Jordan, yeah, let's go, Jerry. Um, uh, Jordan Hicks, who uh, just had his first full year in a good bit. Um, he was solid with the Cardinals, went over to the Blue Jays, I think was pretty solid with them. Uh, where do you think he's going to go this year? I have Jordan Hicks going to the Baltimore Orioles. Um, Felix Batista is obviously out for the year. He had Tommy John surgery late in 2023. Um and you know what? Jordan Hicks is the closest thing to him on the market. I mean, his, you know, velocity is the same. Obviously, their pitch arsenals are very different. But, um, yeah, I mean, Yanir Cano can take over his closer. And, you know, to add more bullpen depth, Jordan Hicks is right there. Yeah, Baltimore uh, Baltimore would seem like a solid option um, considering all those factors. I have Jordan Hicks going to the Red Sox. Um, I think part of it, also for me it has to do with I don't really have many players on here going to Boston. Um I have Yamamoto, but I don't really have a lot of other premier free agents going there. Um and I hope it doesn't go that way as a Red Sox fan, but I just see I you know with my forecasting of it, that's how I see it going. Um but with him going to the Red Sox, the Red Sox improved their bullpen last year and improved the back end of their bullpen tremendously with Kenley Jansen and Chris Martin. The only problem with that is they're not long-term options. They're both in their late thirties. Um, they're both, they both are not going to be necessarily relied upon for um, a long, a long period of time. And they'll be here for, for this upcoming year. But beyond that, you don't really know. Jordan Hicks could potentially be a longer term bullpen option for the Red Sox. Sign him to a three-year, maybe even four-year deal. Uh, I think Craig Breslow would like him, you know, high velocity and very good ground ball pitcher. So I think he would go, I, th I think he would fit well with the Red Sox. I think uh, as a Red Sox fan, I would appreciate him going there. So, um, so yeah, that's where I have him going, but yeah, I could easily see him going to uh, the other AL East team that we just mentioned. Um, yeah. Now on to Yariel Rodriguez. Rodriguez. He is a relief pitcher out of Cuba. He pitched He also pitched in the world baseball classic. Uh, did not pitch in 2023 from what I'm seeing on his baseball reference page. But, uh, yeah, a right-handed reliever. Um, I'm waiting for his baseball reference page to load. Uh, he's going into his age 27 season. And uh, in 2022, he pitched 54 innings in Japan uh, and had a 115 ERA, which is pretty good. He didn't allow a home run in 54 innings, by the way. Um, and yeah, I, I have him uh, going to the Yankees. Um, I think they're a team that could use some extra bullpen pieces. Um, and yeah, I don't really know. I, 
I think he's going to the Yankees. There's not much analysis there, to be honest. Yeah, we'll we'll be going more rapid fire as as the uh, as the names get smaller. Um, mm-hmm. I initially had him going somewhere else, but I just made the switcheroo now, especially hearing for some reason I had him pinned as a starting pitcher, even though the innings mm-hmm. are are whatever. But um, I now giving with you giving your pitch on Jordan Hicks going to Baltimore. I have Yariel Rodriguez going to Baltimore. Um, nice. They'll need a guy out of the back end of the bullpen. Um, I think it would be a similar acquisition as like the Shintaro Fujinami. Fujinami. Um, mm-hmm. w- when they traded uh with the with the A's to get him. So yeah, um, yeah, I have him going to Baltimore for for a lot of the same reasons you mentioned. Hicks going to Baltimore, sure up that back end of the bullpen, and he's probably a, a low risk um low risk higher reward deal. Um, I don't think he's gonna get. I don't think he's going to be necessarily breaking the bank. Um, now on to uh, Michael A. Taylor. Where do you have him going? I have Michael A. Taylor uh, staying in the AL Central, going to his third AL Central team, and uh, joining the Cleveland outfield. I have him going to the Cleveland Guardians. Um, they're a team that could use a little bit more, you know, a little bit more offensive production out of the outfield. You know, Miles Straw has been there uh, for a couple of years. Stephen Kwan is still very good. Um, but, you know, there's definitely more to be desired out there. You know, Michael A. Taylor is pretty good at defense, but also an upgraded offense over someone like Miles Straw. So um, I, I see I see that one happening. Um, and, yeah, I don't know. Like yeah, like you that. said, the analysis gets less and less as it goes on. Yeah, I, um, I see Michael A. Taylor going to, going to Miami. Um, Miami could use some um, more outfield production, especially with Jorge Soler going away. And I don't think, I think this is my first mention of Miami uh, in these predictions. Uh, the Marlins had the eighth lowest F war from outfielders last year. So, you know, could use some more production. And I think Michael A. Taylor will, will be that guy that they go to um, now on to uh, now on to Gary Sanchez, the yeah. catcher. Uh, I would say I would say that Gary Sanchez should be a package deal with Blake Snell, um, but I really don't think it's going to happen. Blake Snell had like a one two nine ERA throwing to Gary Sanchez last year, and like a three sixty yeah. ERA to everyone else. Um, I have him uh, joining the Miami Marlins. Uh, they're a team that did not have a lot of production at catcher. You know, Jacob Stallings was back there for a while, um, and you know they had Nick Fortes also, who was very good at defense. Um, but not a lot of offense or production out of either of them. And Gary Sanchez is a guy that I could see fitting into that offense. Yeah, for those reasons, I am also going with Gary Sanchez to the Marlins. Um, Perfect. They need they need some offensive production there. I don't think his defense takes away enough to where he's not an upgrade over those guys. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, I think it would be it would be a good fit over there. Um, and now to. Michael Brantley, who's an interesting case, didn't get too much playing time last year, but still a pretty solid, consistent bat out of the outfield. Um, just seems to get it done whenever he is on the field. It's just a matter of when he gets on the field, um, how often he's getting on the, getting on that field. So where do you have him going? Uh, I'm going with another reunion. Uh, I have him coming to Cleveland, coming home. Uh, you know, he was there for a while. Uh one of the most beloved players while he was there uh, left in free agency and is still kind of, you know, the same player uh, to a degree. 
Um, you know, they're definitely thinking that needs more offensive production, and I think, uh, you know, he'll get some fans to the gates, uh, if anything, as well. So, uh, Michael Brantley, I have coming back to Cleveland. He could DH there. He could play outfield there. Um, I have him and Michael A. Taylor coming in. Yeah, I would love that for them. I'd love that for them. It would be very yeah. wholesome. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I don't know how many people would get this joke, but I I also have a Michael Brantley reunion. It's with into the, the Blue Jays. With the Blue Jays. Yep. <laughs> Remember when he was on the Blue Jays for five minutes and it turned I out thought to be... about doing that exact thing, believe it or not. But then I was like, you know what, Cleveland. Yeah, like uh I think Ken Rosenthal reported it and Hazel May reported it. Hazel May reported it. I remember that. Yeah, Ken yeah. Rosenthal did also report it. But um, it was incorrect. It was heading into the uh, 2021 season. Yeah. Yes. The, that was the COVID off season. Yep. Um, yeah, he was allegedly going to the Blue Jays and then ended up signing the exact same two-year deal with the Astros as he did um, two years prior. So, yeah, I haven't gone to the Blue Jays. Uh, a lot of the same reasoning can go into why I think the Blue Jays are going to sign Teoscar Hernandez. Need more offense out of that, uh, out of that outfield, and they're also losing Kevin Kiermaier, um, in in our world here. So, you know, they'll need they'll need some more outfield production, and I think they'll get that out of Michael Brantley. Um, all right, now on to Kenta Maeda. Uh, where do you think he's going to go? I have Kenta Maeda staying in Minnesota, uh, remaining as a member of the Twins rotation. Um, the twins obviously, you know, got some good use out of him last year after he came back from his injury. Um, and I feel like they are one pitcher away from having a more complete rotation. Cause right now, uh, Ben Graffs has Louis Varland as their five pitcher, uh, with, you know, Lopez, Ryan, Ober and Paddock. Um, so I think Kenta Maeda, uh, you know, he's a guy that, uh, looked good over there last year and, you know, the years prior, even with the Dodgers. Um, and I think it would be a good fit. Uh, over there for him yeah right 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 um i have kent maeda going to boston uh our hometown team the boston red sox uh obviously you know their their need for pitching depth is very apparent and um you know he had some better underlying numbers than his era showed i think someone like craig breslow is going to notice that um and appreciate that and He's a solid piece to potentially have as, you know, uh, like a a three four starter. Who who knows with uh with this rotation, but I think the I think the Red Sox may go after a guy like him, especially a, a low a, a low risk type of guy, low risk type of move. And hypothetically, in in our world, if he if um if you know it wouldn't hurt if the Red Sox pursued yoshinobu yamamoto it wouldn't hurt to have a, a fellow countryman also in the rotation so yep um yeah maybe maybe in that hypothetical world it would it would help out um all right now on to ronaldo, ronaldo lopez, lopez. Yeah. <laughs> where, do you, where do you have him going um i have ronaldo lopez going to the d-backs um they're a team that you know kind of struggled out of the bullpen late in this season uh, it looked good throughout the postseason up until Paul Seawald pitched in the World Series. But, uh, you know, they're a team that I think is going to be, like I mentioned earlier with Erod, looking to compete a lot more and going for some things. Um, and I think a good guy to add in the bullpen would be Ronaldo Lopez. Yeah, it would it would definitely help them out uh, in the back end. Um, for that reason, and I'm going with the with him going to the Mets. Uh, Mets could use some back end help. I know Diaz is uh, going to come back this year, but 
they could use some seventh yeah. eighth inning help. Um, I think they were like uh or uh bottom ten in, in ERA um out of the bullpen last year. So could use some more help um at, in that back end. So yeah, I have Ronaldo Lopez going there. Um now Tommy Pham. Where do you have Tommy Pham going? Um, similar reason that you had with Michael Brantley. I have him going to the Blue Jays. Um, you know, Tommy Pham is really seems to be a guy that like kind of galvanizes a clubhouse and, you know, kind of puts people into shape. Uh, you know, like he made a lot of comments about the Mets in their clubhouse, went to the Diamondbacks and, you know, he kind of lifted, I'm not saying he lifted, he went, gave, went to the, he put them in the world series, but, um, you know, like there was definitely some sort of clubhouse culture change with him. Uh, the Blue Jays are a team that I think really needs, uh, you know, kind of like a, a, to have a fire lit under them. And I don't know if Tommy Pham is the guy to do that, but you know, if you if you bring in a guy like that, like you're obviously serious about, you know, wanting to win, as weird as that sounds, because Tommy Pham's not like the greatest player ever, but um, you know, I think I think the Blue Jays uh, and Tommy Pham would be a fit. And they also need outfielders like you mentioned earlier. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I have him going to I have him staying staying in the NL West, going to uh what I believe it will be his eighth team. Um I'm I have him going to the Giants. Um, to join Lourdes Gurriel Jr., uh, Giants, you know, desperately need uh, outfield bats. As as I mentioned earlier in the show, they had the third worst OPS out of their outfielders um, last year. And I think they plan on being a competitor competitor next year. So having a guy like Fam around, not only for on-the-field purposes, but off-the-field purposes, I think could help them out. Um, and especially if they're not bringing Jack Peterson back. And uh, yeah, so I have Tommy Fam going to... The Giants, you have them going to the Blue Jays. A lot of these are like flip-flops of teams that yep. have, you know, the same positional needs, but we just have them go in different places. Um, so now on to Luis Severino. Um, really interesting player right now. I mean, coming off a disaster of a 2023, but has shown great potential uh, in years prior, but also has, you know, shown a, a lack of ability to stay on the field. Where do you see him going? Uh, Luis Severino, I I have another I can fix him deal. This one with the Dodgers, um, it feels it feels very I can fix him for the Dodgers to sign Luis Severino. They obviously need, uh, you know, starting pitching as we've mentioned several times in this show. Um, you know, I know Luis Severino is not the same guy that he was in you know 2017 and 2018, uh, but I'm sure there is still you know an above average starter, uh, in there somewhere, and it's you know the Dodgers I think are the team that can bring that out of him. Right, right. I, I think, <clears throat> like, for the same reasoning I have, Lucas Giolito going there, I could see Luis Severino going there as well. Um, My, yeah, my Luis Severino prediction, Um, I've failed to mention the Diamondbacks yet this episode. Uh, I think Luis Severino is going to go there. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily going to be an I-can-fix-him scenario, or it just might be uh relying on him to get back to his old ways add you know add some depth to that rotation because you know as we mentioned beyond gallon and kelly there are some question marks so you know adding another starter especially considering i don't have the diamondbacks getting any other starters um that's why i have severino going to arizona um so now on to robert stevenson a uh yeah how about that um one of the later appeared after it of the of the season um where do you see uh stevenson going yeah, I have Stevenson and that 59.9% whiff rate on a cutter going to New York. 
uh, and joining the Mets. Same reason you had them getting Ronaldo Lopez. Uh, you know, Edwin Diaz is coming back next year, and that's obviously huge for the Mets, but uh, their bullpen had deeper issues last year than just not having Edwin Diaz. Um, you know, they're going to need setup guys. David Robertson was that last year. I don't think he's coming back. Um, so, I mean, they're going to need another guy, and I think Stevenson kind of just fits. You know, I mean, it kind of reminds me of, like, Brooks Raley uh, from last year, whatever year it was, where he went from the Rays to the Mets in free agency after a solid year with the Rays that went under the radar. Um, I can see Brooks Raley on uh on the Mets or on the I can see Robert Stevens on the Mets last year for that same reason. Yeah. Um. One one thing we mentioned when we complimented the uh, Edwin Diaz signing um with the Mets, you know, before the injury and whatnot, you know, him signing five years, one hundred two million was, you know, the Mets didn't really have anyone waiting in the wings to be the closer, and you know that was ever present last year. We didn't really see. Um, much of a supplementation in that back of the in that back of the bullpen. We saw David Robertson close, but you know that bullpen kind of struggled last year. Um, so yeah, adding someone like Stevenson would help out a lot. I have Stevenson going to Houston. Um, you know, similar, you know, similar guidelines there. Like Astros are pretty analytically advanced. I think they would like Stevenson. Um, they don't have. You know, they don't have necessarily the same bullpen they had two years ago. Like Rafael Montero took some steps back last year. It's, you know, Ryan Presley took some steps back last year. Uh, so it's like, you know, they, they need a they need another guy in the back of that bullpen. And I think it will be Robert Stevenson. Real um, quick. This just this just came from Jeff Passan. Uh, Major League Baseball's uh, competition committee has proposed reducing the pitch clock with runners on base from 20 seconds to 18 seconds. Uh, this new rule could be implemented in time for the 2024 season. Why? Why? Why would you do this? Yeah, <laughs> two two yeah. hours and 45 minutes wasn't short enough, I guess. Yeah, I guess. Uh, you know, forget the fact that it's very possible that the pitch clock has caused injuries to pitchers because Tommy John surgery and and elbow surgery was much more of a factor this year than any year prior. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane. Why 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 would they do this? Yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe getting a little bit greedy. What? Why would they make it 18? That's not even gonna save that much. Like it's two seconds on it because A, it's only when runners are on, which is not all the game. And B, it's any time where someone throws the ball with less than two seconds on the clock, which really wasn't that many pitches this year. No, it wasn't. It'll just this? create more pressure. Why would they do this? That's insane. Yeah, yeah, it's it, very, very interesting. Okay, anyway, I had to, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, ho hopefully, I mean, maybe we'll probably extend more on it if it become if it becomes more realistic, but yeah, that yeah. would kind of stink. Um, So now on to Tim Anderson, interesting free agent case. Um, Hasn't really been good for the past couple of years, unfortunately. Um, Where do you think he's going to be going? Uh, Tim Anderson, I could see is another, uh, you know, a guy that can be fixed. Uh, a team that's had a kind of a rotating carousel at shortstop over the last year has been the Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, I'd, I'd say rotating carousel as if there's been many guys. It's really just been Miguel Rojas since Trey Turner left. But, um, you know, Gavin Lux is probably going to second next year um, and they're going to need a shortstop. I think Tim Anderson is a guy that they could bring in and try to 
you know, get something, some form of his pre-2023 self back. Maybe not, like, his 2019 to 20 self, but, like, I don't know. Hopefully he can put up, like, a 110 to 115 OPS plus, uh, be a solid enough defender, um, and, you know, be another be another name on that team, certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, just a, a guy that, you know, potentially they could get give the Jason Hayward treatment after, to. After, like, 2021, imagine Betts, Freeman, Otani, and Tim Anderson in the same lineup. Yeah, oh, my God. That'd be nuts. Um, even, like, uh, J.D. Martinez, if, if they get yeah. him. Yeah, yep. Um, my, uh, yeah, my t- Tim Anderson prediction, I do not see him playing shortstop on this team. I see him playing second base for this team, and I think it'll be a, you know, a shorter, uh, lower, you know, lower dollar amount contract, but I see him going to the Brewers because the Brewers had the third lowest weighted runs created plus from their second baseman last year. Um, I think they would want him to join, um, you know, Willie Adamas in the middle of that infield and, you know, with, with Anderson's defensive metrics, I think maybe long-term he's more suited as a second baseman. So maybe that'll be the first step um, in that career path. So yeah, I have him going to the Brewers for both of you assume the bold of you to assume they wouldn't trade Willie Adamas. Well, yeah, he could he could play shortstop uh with William well, Yeah, they've said Adamas everyone's on the block. Party. Yeah, true. Yeah. No, Willie Adamas three. might be one of the first guys to go in that sense. Yeah, that is correct. He's one of the more valuable guys on, on um on their team. Um now on to Craig Kimbrell. Where do you think he will be going? Yeah. Craig Kimball's free agency is so weird because he just isn't really, you know, the name is still there, but I mean, you know, you're not really expecting the same kind of production. He's probably getting like a one-year deal and he's kind of going to become a journeyman now at this stage of his career. Uh, But I see him going to the Detroit Tigers. Um, They're a team that could use some more bullpen help. Will, you know, they had Will Vest and Jason Foley, which were both pretty good last year. Um, But, you know, there's certainly more guys that they could use, especially if they want to compete next year. And, uh, I think it would be, you know, a good place for Craig Kimball to maybe revitalize himself a little bit, and it would certainly help them, you know, get some late outs in games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, I would like that for the Tigers, especially um, after the 2022 season. They let go of Gregory Soto, Joe Jimenez, and Andrew Chafin. Mm-hmm. Um, it was like their three best relievers. So yeah. they need some, you know, they they if they want to compete, they definitely need some bullpen help um, to push them over the edge uh they still had some good relievers last year even without those guys yeah yeah they they could um yeah and that could be that could be built on um mm-hmm. with craig kimbrell i have a i have another reunion although there's a lot of teams he there's could a lot to. of uh, alex lang was the guy i meant to mention but yeah yeah, yeah alex lang will vest yeah yeah there's yeah. a lot of uh there's a lot of teams craig kimbrell could have a reunion with i have him going back to the padres um because the padres are going to be missing a closer um he's going to be you know kimbrell is a guy with a lot of ninth inning experience clearly and he's going to be at much less of a price tag and much less of a commitment than josh Hader, who we have going to the rangers so um that's why i have craig kimbrell going to san diego um now on to clayton kershaw yeah it's it's like groundhog day yeah um i mean dodgers yeah (laughs) it's the same thing every year 
I can't. Like, I know that there's always a talk of him going to the Rangers. Like, I, I don't want to ever see him in another in another uniform. Me Especially neither. because, uh, well, I mean, he's already he already announced that he's going to be out until the summer of next year. Um. Oh right, yeah. Yeah, that might. I mean, that's probably going to be less incentive for other teams, and therefore just an easier way for him to just fall back to the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. sucks because he's only seventy strikeouts away from three thousand, and I really want him to get it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, I don't know. I mean, like he's what thirty-five next year, thirty-six next year. Like he's he's getting up there. Yeah. By the way, is Zach Granke a free agent this year? Yes, but he said he's unsure if he's going to pitch again next year. Uh, Clayton uh-huh. Kershaw is going into his age thirty-six season. Cause, yeah, because Granky's like twenty-one away. Yeah, Granky is very close. I hope he. I hope he gets it. I mean, knowing Zach Granky, he probably doesn't care. Yeah, I. I almost hope for him retiring, just because yeah. it's like yeah, in true in true Granky fashion. But it would be good. I mean, I don't know. It does seem like the writers view him as a very fringe Hall of Fame candidate. So three thousand strikeouts would be certainly be very beneficial for his cause but yeah he is uh 21 strikeouts away yeah 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 Um, yeah i mean just give him give him another couple starts give him eight more starts yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) he'll Um, he'll get there maybe yeah exactly um so now on to another um another former National League MVP from the early 2010s, Andrew McCutcheon, um, who uh, I'll start with my prediction for him. I have him going to another National League Central team. I have him going to the Cardinals because uh, I um, I specifically looked up DH numbers against left-handed pitchers. Uh, the Cardinals had the worst, uh, worst OPS from their DHs against left-handed pitchers, and Andrew McCutcheon is... Uh, a left-handed pitching uh he's a he's a fiend against left-handed uh pitching so yeah. he's gonna he would help them out a lot um i know the cardinals were helped out a lot with albert pujols in his final year in 2022 um and i think andrew mccutcheon could not bring that level of offense but you know bring that sort of um so, sort of help against lefties uh from the dh role where do you think he's gonna go um i have him going back to the pirates um, you know, it was a good reunion last year. It felt like he wanted to be there. Uh, unfortunately, I think I, I think a lot less of the Pirates now than I did at this time last year. So maybe I'm wrong on on the idea of McCutcheon coming back because, you know, maybe there's an actual contending team that wants him. I mean, yeah, no disrespect to your last or to one of your last how about that's, but they have Jared Triolo as their projected fifth hitter who had like a yeah. 400 uh, Babbitt last year. They have Josh Palacios at six. Leover Pagero, it's at nine. Like I don't, I don't know, man. I want them to be good. <laughs> I but understand that. It's so it's so hard to see. I understand that for sure. Um, yeah. So now on to Tyler Male, who uh, has had some injury. He had injury trouble last year. Um, he kind of underperformed in twenty twenty two. Had had some upside in twenty twenty one. Uh, where do you see uh, Tyler Male going? Yeah, I have him uh, going to the Cardinals. Uh, you know, I mean, I think we've both been pretty in agreement that the Cardinals need multiple starting pitchers this offseason. I had them earlier getting Marcus Stroman, and I have them getting Tyler Malley as well. Um, you know, I think he's a guy that 
it has a lot of has some pretty good upside and probably won't cost a lot. He's obviously coming off of Tommy John surgery, um, and he looked very good in Cincinnati, and you know looked all right in Minnesota. It was a smaller sample size, but um, you know I think it's a guy that the Cardinals could take a good uh, good flyer on, and probably get uh, you know maybe get some decent innings out of him, uh, and get some good run prevention as well. Yeah, I could absolutely um, I could absolutely see that happening. I have. Yeah, I have uh I have Tyler Molle staying in Minnesota, um, largely because I have both Gray and Maeda leaving in town. Um, and they're gonna need like an extra guy. And also maybe maybe this is just how I would view it from a front office pr- perspective, but they've kind of failed hard on that trade with you know letting go of Spencer Steer and um Christian Encarnacion mm, Strand. So you kind of want to have like an extra belief an extra incentive there. And, you know, if he sticks around and has a good year that it looks a little bit better. Um, so, so maybe there's a little bit of that, but, um, for other reasons, I also think Tyler Molly was, will stay with Minnesota. Yeah. That is um, a good point. So now on to Whit Merrifield, um, two time hit King, uh, yep. <laughs> shout out to him. Where do you think he's going to go? Uh, yeah. Also like 2019, like, early like late 2010s iron man of baseball yeah um <laughs> i have him going to the mariners um they had some really bad production out of second base last year with to start the year colton wong they had josh rojas there last year uh they definitely need an upgrade there and uh, i think whit merrifield kind of fits that type of offense especially with whatever they've been looking at at second base over the last couple of years they had adam frazier playing there they had colton wong playing there like i just mentioned uh and uh, you know what, <laughs> Whit Merrifield's basically the same guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I have him going to the Marlins. Um, Marlins could use some outfield help. They could use second base help, or no, not second base help. They could use uh, outfield help. Excuse me, I forgot Luis Suarez was there. Um, but uh, they could also use base running help. I think they were one of the lower ranked teams in BSR last year. Um, so yeah, that could, that could, you know, an acquisition with Whit Merrifield could help them out. And it just seems like a Marlins acquisition to just get what, Whit Merrifield randomly late in his career. Um, and now, uh, so now on to Jock Peterson, where do you think he's going to be headed? Yeah, I have Jock Peterson going to the Rays. Um, I think they're a team that was always looking for more power bats, uh, at every turn. And they had some breakouts this year, you know, Luke Rayleigh, Josh Lowe. It uh, looked very good for them in their outfield DH positions. And uh, I don't know how much they're banking on those guys to repeat that success next year, but Jock Peterson's a guy that you can, you know, proven pencil in and, and have him put up, you know, 20 home runs. Maybe won't be the best defensive player and best overall, but uh, he's a guy that'll add some more thumb to that lineup, um, which is always a plus and, you know, certainly always what Tampa is looking for. Right, right, right. I'm, I just uh, pulled up his uh, baseball savant page and I'm liking it more and more as I uh, mm-hmm. I'm liking the idea of an acquisition and of an acquisition of him more and more throughout time. Um, he had a 90th percentile expected Woba last year, got a l- little bit unlucky last year, but um, I have him going to the Yankees. Um, I think, you know, they'll, they'll get some more outfield bats. I think um, if I'm keeping track of my predictions correctly, like yeah. I only, I think I only have, the Yankees getting like Bellinger and like maybe another pitcher. So uh, you had Garver, right? 
Oh yeah. Garver. So another outfield bat um, to go along with Cody Bellinger and Aaron judge, you know, someone who is only going to require like a, a one or two year deal probably. Um, I think that could happen. You know, obviously I feel like it's cliche to talk about with every left-handed bat, like, Oh, short porch, but there is that factor. So, mm. um, so yeah, I think, I think that could happen. Um, now on to Joey uh, Gallo, former Yankee, who we yeah. kind of had, we had those thoughts with when we went to the Yankees, but uh, Joey Gallo, where do you think he's going to go? Yeah. I don't know if this is actually my prediction or not, but it's definitely something that I really want to speak into existence. Uh, I have Joey Gallo going to the Rockies. <laughs> tell me, tell me that wouldn't be a fun time. It would be so fun. You know, like Joey Gallo might be past the point of contenders looking at him. He probably isn't. I'm sure there'll be at least one contender that's like, you know what? Uh, we know what potential is in there. Maybe the Rangers uh, check in again. But I mean, come on. Tell me Joey Gallo to the Rockies wouldn't be a fun time. It would be a very fun time. It would be a very, very fun time. I'm not, I'm not going to ride against that at all. Yeah. Um, I, if I, I'd say if I had to pick a contender, I would go Orioles. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna I'm gonna ride that one out. Yeah my my prediction is the Reds. Um, I think part of it has to do with they made some outfield acquisitions, you know, in the in the waiver trade deadline or like whatever that was, like when the yep. when the Angels and and uh, Yankees just released a bunch of players basically. But they got Hunter Renfro and Harrison Bader. Gallo is kind of in that like Hunter Renfro archetype. Um, and I think they would want to get him on a, on a cheap deal um, mm. in a great American ballpark to help him out. Um, so yeah, I haven't going to the Reds. You haven't going to the Rockies. Frankie Montas. Where do you think he's going? I have him uh, returning to the Bay area, which is where he made his big league debut. And I have him joined the San Francisco giants. Um, I have him and, and Aaron Nola joining that rotation. Um, He's a guy that is coming off of some injuries, but, you know, the potential is there. Um, I know that his numbers outside of Oakland weren't great in 2022, but, um, you know, I think it's the guy. That, and it's also, you know, he would be returning to Bob Melvin. Uh, there's that familiarity there. You know, Bob Melvin seems to love having players return from former teams with Sean Manaya uh, being one of them. I think uh, there are some others as well. But, yeah, I'm, I want to roll with uh, Giants for, for Frankie Montas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have him going to the rival team. I have him going to the Dodgers. Um, okay. Dodgers need that that uh starting pitching depth. And so far, I only have Lucas Giolito penciled in as uh as an addition for that rotation for 2024 specifically. I know Otani would be there for 2025 and beyond, but um, yeah, that's you know a lot of the reasoning there. So a lot of the same reasoning there. James Paxton, where do you have him going? I have James Paxton to Cincinnati. Um, yeah. I think, you know, they definitely need a, another pitcher. You had, um, you had uh, Kyle Gibson. Uh, I know Paxton may not be the best with his injury history because that's kind of what plagued the Reds last year. But, um, you know, they need a guy. I don't see them going out and getting one of the big guys. Um, but I could see them getting someone in the tier of James Paxton. Yeah, yeah. Would make, would make a lot of sense. Um, I have him going to Atlanta. Uh, a lot of the reason I don't really have Atlanta having much free agent accent. Yeah, action I had none. Season. Yeah, or you have a uh, Duvall, right? Oh, I did have Duvall. Yeah, you're right. But 
if if that counts he's yeah, he's no, always <laughs> his heart's always there yeah it's not really an acquisition <laughs> yeah it's like it's like he was injured in 2023 yeah pretty he's much just coming you know it's like an internal it's like one of those it's one of those cliche like oh no we did get additions at the trade deadline it's the guys coming off the il yeah like him him um like leaving the braves is like an open relationship like he he's seen other people but he knows where his heart's really at yeah like it's like at the end of the day he's committed but you know sometimes he's going other places yeah 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 (laughs) um but uh (laughs) but yeah with um with paxton going to the braves like i the i i could definitely see the braves adding a starting pitcher um you know they don't have they don't have like a fully complete rotation right now. Like they have Strider, Freed, Morton, mm-hmm. but could use another guy. And, you know, they're obviously in a very, very competitive window. So I could see them adding a, adding a veteran, like, like James Paxton. It would be similar to like a Charlie Morton type deal, except uh, less money probably. Um, and now on to uh, the last, the last free agent, Liam Hendricks. Yeah. Where do you think he's going to go? Um, I have Liam Hendricks going to the Dodgers. Um, I don't know. I mean, more bullpen is never a bad thing for any team. I, I don't really know what the logic is there, but I don't know. It just seems like a fit. That, that, that's definitely the one that I have the least analysis on. I kind of just, I, like, for a lot of these, I try to look at, like, team needs and, and feel and where that player would fit. For Liam Hendricks, I was like, Dodgers seems legit. Yeah, no, I get it. It seems, it seems legit, and, um, you know, they they've had those, like, types of, deals for guys at the back end of the rotation like Kimbrel last year um or no not not last year two years ago in in 2022 and then uh like Tommy Canely they signed like on a two-year deal like after he got Tommy John and like see saw if he could they could try to work him out um yeah I can see that happening with the Dodgers I have him going to the Cubs um you know staying in Chicago and you know the Cubs could use another bullpen guy like you know, Adbert Alzelay seems like the back end guy. Um, but in case he blows up next year, like Liam Hendricks could be a, another option for that ninth inning for them. Um, I'm curious if Hendricks is a ninth inning option for a for a contender next year, because you know, he's he's coming off a year where he had a lot of adversity and not a lot of experience on the mound. Um, so yeah, we'll see about it. But that's you know, part of the reason why I have him go to the Cubs is, you know, just going across town and and also like Cubs could could use him um and on a on a team that plans to contend next year. All right, well that does it for um for all those free agents. How fun. Yeah, very nice. Um hopefully a lot. hopefully we can get like 10 15 of them right. That would be that would be No, cool. I was I was going to say like 5 to 10. Yeah. That 10 would 15 cool. would be a great day for us. That would be, that would be, I mean, considering I know team needs team, like team positional needs would, uh, would change the curve a little bit, but thinking one out of third, like all these teams, all, all these players have a technically like a one out of 30 chance. Like we have a one out of 30 mm-hmm. chance of being right. So yeah, well, there's, there's 50 choices. So statistically we should, we want to get have two. to get one two. Yeah. We, we want to get like two and then that's like a good day for us. Yeah. So that's yeah. like, that's like the mean. Exactly. So um, if we can get Otani and Kershaw to the Dodgers, we have had a successful <laughs> yeah. free yep. agent prediction. 
Um, if yeah, if I get Kershaw to the Dodgers and Duvall to the Braves. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, any any anything more before we wrap this up? What do you think would be like the one you're most proud of if it hits? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think mine would be uh Matt Chapman to the Tigers. Mine, uh, I think mine would be uh Kyle Gibson to the Reds. The Reds, yeah. I thought you were gonna say that. Yeah, because it's like for for most of the guys in the middle of the pack, I didn't have much of an explanation for, but that I I had finite detail. I was like, he's gonna save innings from Williamson, Abbott, Green, and and Lodolo. Yeah. Um, but. Who knows? One out of 30 chance. We'll see. Um, especially with him. He's not budgets aren't really limiting teams on getting Kyle Gibson. Um, so yeah, that does it for this installment of Above Replacement Radio. We hope you enjoyed this one, our little uh MLB free agency prediction extravaganza. Um, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts and want to watch the conversation as it happens, go to the YouTube channel. It is called Above Replacement Radio. Check out all the shorts. Uh, just dropped a new one on a potential on a free agent Cody Bellinger. Um, so also follow us on social media. Follow me on Twitter at Chris underscore Gianta. Follow Daniel on both Twitter and Instagram at Daniel underscore Current, and follow the show on Instagram at Above Replacement Radio for all the show needs. We hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you next time where we will be talking all the happenings in Major League Baseball. Once again, see you then.